0: it's your girl, Karen. Welcome to Rational in Portland, where we say everything you can't say in Portland. My guest today is Lionel Irving. Lionel has an absolutely incredible, inspiring story. He's a black man who's a Portland native. He killed someone and spent time incarcerated. He got out. He was able to turn his life around in an absolutely inspiring twist of events And he's going to tell us all about it, so you won't want to miss this one. I have to thank Suze Lopez. That's her handle on Twitter. She is a doll. She connected me with Lionel. I'm incredibly grateful because I think this is one of the best and most important interviews about Portland that we've done on Rational and Portland Podcasts so far. Portland's gun violence reduction team was eliminated in the aftermath of the George Floyd riots. But everybody knows homicides are... Absolutely skyrocketing. Well, in place of the gun violence reduction team, or Lionel's adamant that it's not in place of that, but as a way of dealing with this gun violence, given that there's this vacuum after the elimination of the gun violence reduction team, the city created two organizations that are supposed to work hand in hand. The community oversight group COG, which is the community arm of the Focused Intervention Team, the FIT team. So it's FITCOG. And according to the city of Portland's website, portland.gov, the Focused Intervention Team Community Oversight Group, FITCOG, was created in response to the ongoing gun violence crises in the city of Portland. The purpose of FITCOG is to inform and advise the creation and work of the Portland Police Bureau's Focused Intervention Team, FIT. God, somebody's got to. Some of y'all should have figured out these acronyms. With the support of the mayor's office, the FITCOG's mission is to work closely with the mayor's office and PPB's FIT to understand, inform, and provide recommendations to the city's efforts to reduce gun violence in our communities. This will be done by remaining informed about gun violence trends, PPB's FIT strategies, the city of Portland's priorities in supporting this work, and best practices for prevention, intervention, and response. The focused intervention team FIT consists of 12 officers and two sergeants required to complete 65 hours of training. Their goal is to deescalate and lower the tensions in the community that are feeding the contagious gun violence crisis. Now, Lionel serves on the COG, the community oversight group. He has turned his life around such that he'll tell you he now disavows violence. He says he never took part in any of the 2020 looting or riots, but that he thought they were necessary. Uh, he will say they went on too long. When Lionel first arrived, I felt like he was wary of me. But by the time he left, you know, we disagreed about a lot, and you'll hear all that. But I, you know, I felt like we were friends. We had a great conversation. I, I, I found him very likable. I think you'll find our conversation just as riveting and as provocative as I did. One interesting fact about Lionel, well a couple couple super interesting facts about Lionel was he he did both time in state um, and federal prison. He spent 204 months, about 17 years in federal prison for conspiracy to sell 10 kilograms of cocaine base and 444 months for manslaughter um, doing state time. So, Stay tuned. Buckle up. Here's Lionel Irving.
1: Yeah, well, praise the Creator. I'm one of the least I'm one of the guys who didn't get over prosecuted. Right. And so I was able to have my time ran concurrent because a lot of people don't know it's really hard to prove a murder case against somebody without a lot of, you know, definite evidence. And so the case that I was on was a cold case and it had a lot of holes in it. So I basically just confessed to it in order to get my time ran concurrent with my drug sins. I was already going to get about anywhere between 15 to 20 years for the drugs that I was selling.
0: What what separates you from the guys that are over-prosecuted? Did you just get lucky or did something? All my
1: co-defendants, code right? All my co-defendants code were over-prosecuted. They were a first-time offender. The, the crime that we were guilty of, it didn't meet the—, it didn't meet the we, wasn't, we were in a federal prison. We weren't the cartel members. We were petty drug dealers. We didn't have no millions of dollars. We didn't have no hundreds of thousands of dollars. We were just trying to feed our, our kids. A lot of us, our, our, a lot of us, our literacy levels was low, so we didn't we didn't, our, we had diminished capacity to say the least. But we didn't receive those benefits because of the way we were represented in the courtroom. We didn't understand the language that was speaking that was being spoken in the courtroom. And you got to think when we went to prison in two thousand four, there wasn't no convers. There was no words like uh, he tra- he suffering from trauma. Or some of those type of things that you hear now, with a lot of these guys are, are, when they go into the courtroom, a lot of their, their, their uh, lawyers are now talking about the traumas that they've been through, how that affected their decision making. So we didn't have that kind of a representation. So we were just like, you know, it was it was a sad thing. And they raced, They got some good guys because all my co defense now, they're all free. All of them are doing amazing things for themselves. Just imagine if some of those guys would have woke up, they had the opportunity to do. But they knew that I shot and killed somebody, so it was hard to prove that case. But what made it easiest go arrest all his friends because they're breaking the law too. And let's see if we can press one or two of them to tell on them. Then we can get him a case. And so that's why I said he was over-prosecuted because the police never intentionally wanted them. They wanted me, but they took them as a, like a, 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 a cause of circumstance because they was around me. And they knew that was a way to pressure the case up out of me. And so a lot of that happens. And we're seeing now the police, that's why the police are stumbling a little bit, because the way we used to be policed is unacceptable. No longer do we want to see the police casting drag nets to get Lionel Irving. Let's go arrest all his friends because we know he shot somebody. No, if I shot somebody, then they need to be intentional about arresting me. If they want to arrest somebody that I'm hanging out with, be intentional about arresting them. Don't let them be just something that happens because of, of circumstance.
0: Has that
1: changed at all? Well, it's changing. It's it's not changed yet, but we're in the now. We are now. It's acknowledged. Like you know, that's one of the reasons why the, the, the uh, grtv the fifteen, well, not the fifteen, but the, the, gun, the uh, gun violence reduction team. Yep. That's one of the reasons why they caught so much heat because they just was policing the way that our that our community is policed at that moment. It was big dragnet. <laughs> hey, just pull over a lot of guys. Let's see if we can get some guns. Arrest them. Right, but. The, the saddest part about that, all the guns that the GRTV got, they wasn't shooter guns. They was getting protector guns. So with this new What What's cup, the difference? Well, a shooter gun is somebody that's actively out there engaging in gun violence. That's looking to shoot somebody, looking to kill somebody, looking to hurt somebody. And a protector gun is somebody that who is now scared and got a gun because he just want to make it home at night.
0: So you're saying that the gun violence reduction team was... Ineffective in terms of reducing gun violence because it was the guns that was confiscating are guns that were that people were using to protect themselves, but they weren't out there. They weren't intending to use it unless provoked.
1: They wasn't on offense, right? A lot of those guys. That's why they came in. Right. With so it was all stack. defensive. Yeah, it was on defense, and so that was that's what created the, the mistrust in the community because so those guys most likely probably were smoking weed. Maybe they might have been selling drugs. Maybe they might have been driving breaking the law. But the gun violence reduction team was for guns. I
0: feel like there's no, why isn't there education around this? Why haven't we, what is wrong with, is it the media? It, it, why, why isn't that message out there? Because I think most of us in the community just saw the gun violence reduction team disbanded and declared racist but with no...
1: We we didn't understand why. They didn't have no context, yeah. And so they were a reason why the mistrust was so hard in the community because they arrested some guys that never was going to shoot nobody, right? And so those guys now, they create a cycle for those guys' family. because And then that's why the word gun violence and gang violence is so politicalized because once you come and arrest me and it's with gang violence – Now there's an enhancement attached to that. So not only am I arrested, now when I get into the court system, now I'm looking at more time because you didn't identify me as a gang member. And a lot of those guys are not gang members, right? How how
0: does the gang label, practically speaking, how does that get attached to a a defendant or a potential defendant?
1: Well, priorly to um, uh, previously to now, you know, they were keeping a list or something or they were keeping some type of database. Or, you know, I'm not really sure how they acquired the information because it wasn't all that accurate. Because if they pulled over five guys in the car and two of them was gang members, they would label the other three guys as gang members, too. They're not gang members because these might be their cousins, uncles, brothers, friends. They don't have to make them a gang member.
0: So when you say cast a wide, wide net, it wasn't just that the gun violence reduction team was casting a wide net around people who were defensively carrying guns, not offensively carrying guns, but it also cast a wide net around people who ended up being labeled gang members who may or may not have been. And there was no due diligence or true determination made. And then that causes distrust within what the, the black community, the the poor community, the communities in general where these cars are being stopped and where the guns are being confiscated. And then the community members are thinking, they, they, the they, the cops, the 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 law enforcement community is targeting our boys driving around in cars.
1: Yeah, and that's how that's what the data showed, and right, and some of their tactics were, you know, it wasn't all bad. Their tactics, it's just a, it's just a, um, the 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 effects that it had on the guys who was not actually involved in gun violence, and they effect on their families. And I think this that's what makes the fit team, the folks intervention team different from the GRTV because when the GRTV was around, everybody, well, not everybody, but a lot of people believed or had the belief that prevention was the police's job of crime. So they want, so the police, the GRTV were riding around with a prevention mindset. I'm going to prevent a crime before it happens. So I see these guys driving. I know they might have a gun. Let me pull them over. Boom. They got a gun. I prevented a crime. That's we don't, I don't want the police riding around with a prevention mindset I want the police riding around with a mindset of serving the community and with an intervention mindset, right? Intervene when a crime is happening because a person might change their mind at the last minute. So that's the police's job is intervention and after the fact.
0: Well, for the crimes you're talking about, yes.
1: Well, any crime.
0: Well, but what about like, not to take a turn to the period, but just because this is the area I work in, what about child sex abuse? I mean, there's got to be some prevention How can they prevent it? Well, I mean, you can arrest them on child porn charges and hopefully prevent potential molestation. Yeah, but that's
1: a crime, right? Child porn is a crime. But it could lead to other crimes that you're preventing
0: the other crimes. This is
1: like saying, this is the prevention that reminds me. So we see a man walking down the street, and he's gazing at some young ladies in the park playing, right? But he keeps on walking. He walks back down the street, and he gazes at them again. And he's, you know, they feel uncomfortable because he's looking at them. Then he goes on about his business. We don't know what he was thinking, but they called the police now already because hey, this dude's looking suspicious. Now here come the police, come and arresting.
0: What about what about this analogy though? And I'm not saying this is right. No, right? no, I, I love what, this. What about this analogy? Um, instead of the guy gazing at women, it's the child porn guy, and I think a police officer would say, um, or Rod Underhill. Who, who who was pro-gun violence reduction team, He Rod Underhill might say, I liked the gun violence reduction team because I'd pick somebody up um, based on... I'd, I'd perform a traffic stop, and I would see something... I would see a crime, he would say, right? He'd mm-hmm. say, I'd see uh, drugs, mm-hmm. I'd see guns that they shouldn't have because they're felons, mm-hmm. or, or I, I know this guy, and I know he shouldn't have a gun. Mm-hmm. And Rod would say... That's just like the child porn example. That's not a gazing example. That is a crime.
1: The decrease of them has probably helped escalate gun violence. But just on, on that fact of the thing is, it creates, so the guy who ever pulled those guys over, because he's seen that person and knew he should not had a gun, he already made a, a, a determination to pull these guys over on the fierce traffic stop, right? And now it smells like weed. So it's just, it creates a way to, that's like taking the guy, picking him up and taking him home now. Let's look at your computer. You know what I mean? And now hopefully you got some child pornography on there. And then now we're going to take you to jail for having child pornography because now you were staring at these young ladies in the wrong manner.
0: If I can push back on it, I guess what I would say is it's, it's, it might be more like um, a guy who's a registered sex offender and we don't know that he's doing anything, but we're watching him. And he got a little too close to an elementary school, and we know yeah. we do know him because he's on the sex offender list. Yeah.
1: yeah, no question.
0: So maybe I mean, obviously, I just want to be clear about no. You got you on the right track. I just want to be clear about where I am, though. Obviously, I I think sex offenders are far worse criminals than some. Guys who 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 are economically engaged in economically depressed circumstances and riding in a car with some friends and happen to have guns on them because they have to because they live a life that requires them to be defensive. So clearly, those are two totally different contexts. I just wanted to talk. I just wanted to understand.
1: No, you're on the right track. How it works? And I think that you know the law. Should be, you know, uh, administered. We need the police to toe the line, and so that was like really the main problem is this: this to pull those guys over because we recognize them is not enough. And now it's okay, we, because I've been in so many traffic stops where, Wait, sure. yeah, I mean, I, I've been I've been pulled over for swerving inside my lane, not swerving between different lanes, but swerving in my own lane, and in, in a, a host of other things on the pretense because the police recognize me. Right, and by the right, grace of the right. Creator, I didn't have those things because they searched my car because I wasn't got license and insurance. I didn't have no guns or drugs right. at that moment. you feel But you me? might
0: just be poor, and you might be driving without insurance, or you might yeah. be driving without a license because you got too many speeding tickets and you right. couldn't pay them.
1: And my name is recognizable because I come from a long line of guys who have been in trouble with the police. I got the same name as them. So they, brought, they pulled my – back then when I was younger, a lot of them guys knew my father and uncle. Now it's, it's it's a new group of cops. But they ran my name. They recognized the Irving name. And so that right there, to, to, that, that's the prevention part, that when they're pulling me over just because of who I am, what I'm affiliated with, to see if I'm committing a crime is where the mistrust came at.
0: Well, and you're saying it's not like the sex offender issue because – we we know the data. We know those guys will continue to reoffend.
1: And he's registered.
0: And he's registered. We but we also just know the data is that they will continue to reoffend. No. I don't know that we have data um, on on shootings, on you know, woundings or killings, and 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 whether those guys continue to reoffend.
1: So this is a. I was just talking to a commissioner lady about this. And Which
0: one? Who are you talking to?
1: Um,
0: I actually don't. It wasn't. Was it Deborah Kofori?
1: It was Kefori. Okay, got it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so, if I'm mistaken, I think that was her name. But what we we're talking about... She's is, the
0: chair, right?
1: Yeah, and what we're talking about is a host of things. But one thing things that I told her, and I believe to be true, and I don't got the stat on it, but I just know from being in the streets, there's not a lot of repeat shooters. right? Once that you get, would be my guess. Yeah, I, once I, you I, get shot, once you get go to prison for shooting somebody, because prison is hard, right? And, and it's really hard in there, and your people got to live life you going to get awakening one way or another. Can you? Can
0: we dig into that? Yeah. I, d- tell me, most of these listeners probably haven't been to prison. Yeah. Can you break it down for us? What When you say prison is hard, it, 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 I don't want you to feel like you're feeling comfortable, no, but I, as, as I much love, as you're I, no comfortable,
1: I mean, prison is hard on the, on the fact that it's the one place where you got to be a man. You have to be a man. You have to stand on your word. And if you don't, there's going to be consequences. And so, coming from the streets, this even come back to the streets, a lot of people's word ain't no good, right? A lot of people say things just to appease people, to pass people over. That don't flow well in prison, and it costs to live in there. It costs almost as much to live in prison as doing the street.
0: What, why is that?
1: Well, it costs five cent a minute to send an email. It costs a dollar and sixty-seven cent to buy a, a digital song. Right. it costs three dollars and and forty five cent to talk on the phone for fifteen minutes. And commissary costs a uh, top ramen costs seventy five cent.
0: Where does the money come from?
1: It's from people's families, right? The, the prison is big business, and so with that, if you don't have the support on the streets, and most of the guys go to prison on the breadwinners. So when you go to prison, the fans come take everything. At least they try to. So you're going to be in your hopefully your family zone. If not. You're going to be in a vulnerable position because you're going to be hungry because they're not going to feed you enough food in the child hall in the prison. And there's going to be guys that are looking for guys who are vulnerable.
0: And don't you have to pay people off and do favors and buy people things and give it to them? if you told on somebody.
1: See, that's that's one thing I always tell the community. They always want people to uh, tell on people and and uh, bear witness to what they've seen. But for a criminal, that's probably one of the worst things he can do. Because once he gets to prison with the jacket that he told on somebody, he's subject to be raped. He's subject to be raped, most likely. He's subject to be extorted at every turn. He's subject to have to spend his time in isolation. Can you imagine doing 10 years of isolation where you're just in a cell by yourself, bagging the guard to bring the book cart, bagging the guard to bring the phone, bagging the guard for soap, for toilet paper, for, I mean, just the bare necessities? Because you told on somebody on the streets, and then every time you come out to the yard, somebody tries to stab you, or breaks your jaw, or tries to rape you, or takes your commissary. So, man, that's just what guys are told. And then for the guys who are just scared to death, that's another another weakness that people are going to lean on. You scared to death, you by yourself. It's going to be guys in there who are trying to rape you, who are going to try to extort you because they are suffering. Hurt people, hurt people. So when you get in a prison, you get in a prison environment. And your people sending you money, they they gonna be jealous of you. Your people ain't sending you money, they gonna be mad at you. You can't win. And then you gonna be in there calling your people. The first time I learned that I really didn't have no power in prison, I called the mother of my child, right, and I I ran my ship tight. And my the mother of my child, we have a great relationship. And I'm one of them dudes like, hey, you baby, have
0: one
1: kid? I got I got two kids two now. Kids. Now I got at that
0: time it was one. It was just
1: one, yeah. And uh. I, I just told her from the beginning, I'm, I am did a lot of stuff. I'm probably going to jail for the rest of my life. I just need you to be my friend. I don't want no lady. So I was already woke going to the door. A lot of guys ain't woke about their ladies. And so she said, okay, yeah, whatever, skip. So now I'm in prison. I had a few dollars left. So I'm sending her money to come and see me. I'm calling her, hey, you going to do this? You wouldn't do that? So I had just felt So a lot of my power was still on the streets. So I could still direct her to make moves. People do stuff for her. And so I called her. I said, hey. I thought you supposed to be up going over here to go meet Joe Blow or whatnot for me. She's like, man, I'm busy right now. I'm like, but what I told you to do. She's like, man, listen, you in jail, bro. Like, I got stuff going on out here. You need to focus on yourself. Like, stop telling me what to do. She's finally like still like, I don't, I can't do what you want me to do now. I mean, you're in jail to so take care of your stuff. And it was a, uh, I was shocked because prior to that moment, she had done everything I ever asked her to do. She's never ever pushed back and said, because it's always been beneficial for both of us. So she knew that whatever it was, she was gonna benefit from. But just now, like, no, bro, you don't have no, you don't have no control out here no more. You gone. And guys had to get that a realization. I always say when they call home and Sancho answered the phone, that's one of the biggest things about guys in prison. They go to prison and they ladies. I didn't see so many guys on suicide watch because they laid either mess with their best friend or their homeboy or they call home They heard Sancho in the background. You know who Sancho is?
0: No.
1: Sancho's the guy, when you're in prison and you call home, and he's over there. Whoever that guy is, that's Sancho. Okay. Right, he's over there, he's taking his turn. So, <laughs> that's the universal name yeah,
0: for that Yeah, in guy. prison, you know, yeah.
1: you see somebody walk around, they're like, hey, bro, what's wrong with him? Man, he called home, man, and Sancho answered the phone. Yeah. And so everybody knows now, you know, mean, okay, you know, he's, he's, this lady has either moved on or she's she's not in prison. And so, you know, it's just a host of things that make prison very hard for people and just not having family contact, their kids, right? Just, and just you had to survive in there, which is like a whole other traumatizing situation because people are getting killed, you know, regularly. People are getting beat up, disciplined. The police talk to you like, you know, a piece of gum on the floor. And these guys might be 21, 22 years old. You're 40-something years old. Here the police is talking to you like you're a child, right? And it creates guys to start acting like children because it's like it's a crazy dynamic. And I have to tell the police all the time, like, listen, man, I'm an adult. And I'm going to respect you as such, so please respect me as one. Because I don't respond well to that kind of interaction, that's going to make me lash out. Then I ain't going to be. I'm going to be the only one to lose. So I learned early to check right. them respectfully. Because then you do
0: extra time.
1: Yeah, they're going to get you anywhere you go, but you can check them respectfully.
0: How do you do that?
1: Just say, call them on like, hey, man, I'm an adult. I'm not going to disrespect you. Don't disrespect me. And they respond
0: me. to that when you do that.
1: Yeah, because it's policy.
0: Do you do coaching for people going into prison? Do you ever do that?
1: Well, um, I talk to guys going to prison often. But I, I try to do. I guess I do do coaching going to prison. But I do a lot of post prison coaching because that's a whole nother monster. It is, yeah. And so,
0: but what you're saying is, unlike a lot of other crimes, um, gun violence crimes, the people who perpetrate gun violence crimes are not. There are low rates of recidivism because prison is it's so hard. hard. And the shooters and are usually have the guys who got
1: no them. money, right? The shooters are usually guys, usually guys who don't have money. So when they go to prison, and they res- the shooters are real respected on the streets, and they don't really need money because all their homeboys are going to do whatever they want for them. Oh, here you go, homie. Here you go, here you go, here you go. But then when you go to prison, all that disappears. And now you was a shooter, so you couldn't just run around and sell drugs all day because you had to hide from people, right? Because so you can get out and shoot at nighttime so that you were broke. And they get in there, and it's be hard. They're not going back to shoot nobody. First thing, every, every shooter that I ever talked to, that has ever not went back. It's a few that went back, that fell down, right? But the majority of them is like, bro, I'm never going to jail for that again. Like, that and don't it's make a sense.
0: big mix, right? It's the defensive guys. Yeah. It's the guys who fired a shot because they were shot at. Yeah. And so they're probably the least likely to repeat a yeah. And then it's the aggressors, the ones who start the shooting. Yeah. So it's a big mix. Yeah. Um, how my... My guess is you get in there because of your the fr- friends, uh, your the community you're surrounded with in, your, in economics. Does that sound right?
1: The involved in gun violence? Yeah. Well, I got involved in gun violence because... Well,
0: let's start with your story. Yeah, tell me, I, are you from Portland originally? Yeah,
1: born and raised.
0: And how did your family end up here in Portland? Because it's such oh, a weird place.
1: My, uh, my grandma came through from Kansas City, and my grandfather, I'm not really sure where my granddaughter came from, but... I know they started off down here in Vanport. Oh, Vanport, uh, yeah. right, right, They started off okay. in Vanport. My granddad lost three houses in Vanport. In Isn't the floods? And yeah, the... in the floods or whatever. They, they took them from them. You know, the, the, my family has so much anger and distrust. Bet. My Uncle Ricky was one of the first people killed by the police in Portland, Oregon, in 1975. Wow. Ricky Johnson, right? So they went from losing their apartment. Their, 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 what their were places, the
0: circumstances? Let's Let's double-click on that. What were the circumstances surrounding that?
1: So my Uncle Ricky... <coughs> Excuse me. He was 16-year-old. He was with some of his friends.
0: 16. He
1: was 16, and so they were calling the pizza man, robbing him for the pizzas, right, or whatever he had on them. So this was like the little thing they were doing, calling the pizza man. So they had got on them because they was kids. So they kept doing the same thing, like, hey, we think these are the kids again, doing it. So they came, boom, 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 the police. They took off running. They shot my Uncle Ricky in the back of the head, right? The guy had no gun or 16 nothing. 16 years old. 16 years old, and so... That with the and Vanport, he, did, he was unarmed. Running. No, he was unarmed. he was running away from him, and so just imagine. I was raised in that kind of environment where they already mistrusted the city because of, yeah. they lost their generational wealth from Vanport. They didn't never get none back or whatever. They said or somebody's supposed to. I don't know whatever the agreements they had back then. They never followed through with. Then, fast forward, they got back on again, and then they killed my uncle Ricky, the Portland police. So, I've always been in a household where they had, like, don't trust the police energy, don't trust the city energy. And so, that creates a stereotype for me, where I came up underneath that stereotype. So, that already affected the way I interacted with people amongst the city or the police growing up. And that's a whole bunch of young men like that.
0: Totally. And did did your family ever consider... I mean, economics plays into this, but did they ever consider, look, we're going back to, we're not doing this. We're going back to Kansas City. We're going back to a... Um,
1: I really don't know. I believe they came up here because of, you know, opportunity. Really? We blessed. I was in prison, and so I've seen bars from all over the world where I was in federal prison. I tell people all the time, we blessed to be from the Northwest.
0: Why is that?
1: Because this is, for, this is a street guy perception now, yeah. right? And I was, because we can fuss and fight, and we can read and write. Right? And every... Uh, Every like north, south, you feel
0: better educated. You feel like, yeah, your our worst comu- our worst is better educated.
1: Our worst schools is, is better than a lot of they. A lot of they I got they're, it. They're good schools down there. I, I went to prison, I could barely read or write. I personally could barely read or write. I learned how to really read in prison. I was 25 years old. Wow, from prisoners, right? But I even my basic training was so far ahead of some of my peers who were on the same level as me,
0: yeah,
1: right? And I was literate, if yeah. you ask. I could. Because I love to reading right now, so i know the difference of, you know, my education level.
0: So you're saying in – well, here's a question, and I don't even know – I'm curious about whether you might know the answer to this. Is there a community, is there a city that you know of where there's a good relationship between economically depressed communities of color and the police
1: – um, I can't think of nothing offhand because, and I will say, the only reason it's why It's so is, depressing. But the, it's only the reason. See, it ain't the police's fault. That's why I was so mad at the, at the protesters. And they was down there protesting. Tell me about that. Yeah, because I went down there every day and I talked every day. I got a microphone. I went to every microphone and I talked because it wasn't the individual police's fault. It was the system that is the problem. The police are just policing us through the system that they was raised in, the culture that they're already in right, even, the, even their biases. So Portland police is what, 90% white?
0: I think Portland's like yeah. 90% white. But
1: even, but even a lot of police positions are, are majority white, right? Even yeah. It's a, probably except for down south, and I don't know. I've never really been down like that. But so...
0: It reflects the... Is it, it'll reflect the makeup of the community, certainly, and yeah. um, the community here is just... I, don't, I mean, I honestly... I definitely don't want to double-click on the protest, but I don't know... I don't know how you do it. The, the, the black people that I know that moved here, that, I, that I'm friends with, that I interact with, that are my clients, that, um, that I just meet, uh, that are parents of school, most of them are transplants. Mm-hmm. Most of them are not Native, and they hate it here. Mm-hmm. They hate it because um, nobody, nobody else really looks like them. Um, one of them moved back to Florida. He couldn't stand it. And, um, f- they felt like curiosities just because people don't, I mean, they didn't feel, um, they didn't feel like people were necessarily racially biased against them, but they just felt like I'm, I'm sick of getting looked at like I'm a curiosity. I mean, uh, nobody's, nobody's met a black person before and I'm the first black person they've met and they can't stop talking to me and they're just obsessed with my race and, I, do you, do you ever experience that living here?
1: Well, I grew up in a different Portland. See, before the gentrification came, the north and northeast Portland—that's right. You did, yeah. Yeah, so we all—it was we, very different. My whole my, my mother lives right now. My the house, my mother has on that block. Everybody on that block was black, and now it's only two people in the whole neighborhood. Me and the next door neighbor, and so they didn't get to experience that. And our our community as a as black Portlanders, we're still trying to find our community. Because you still got people holding on to Northeast Portland because that's where their grandma's houses is at. They want to go sit in front of them. And they're trying to reject. See, we're really from Gresham now. The black. Really? Yeah, that's where the black community is at in Gresham.
0: It's in Gresham. Now. Yeah, that's, and Farther. I did not know that. Yeah,
1: and Farther. And Farther, like where Troutdale. else? Troutdale. Troutdale. Yeah. And so, the, but.
0: What is that, Reynolds High School?
1: Reynolds, yeah. all that. H.B. Lee, the middle school. Yeah. That's where the community's at.
0: David, are they out of David Douglas or are they still over there?
1: Uh, I'm not really sure what schools are out there yeah. because even like myself, I'm still trying well, to come. Well, you're from here. <laughs> yeah, but our, but our, all our kids are on 191st.
0: Okay, so our, when you do, I want to go back to the protests, but I, everything you're saying is so interesting. When you do education, out on what 191st, like you were saying, you're going out there to do education. Is that why you're out there?
1: Well, I'm going out there just really to, uh, build to relationships to connect to the to our young the men, our kids. And I really and want, that's prevention. Yeah, that's prevention. The relationship prevention is all relationship building, accountability before the crime.
0: So you're saying don't prevent crimes by having cops cast a net over a bunch of cars because there are people they riding might do in it. it. Yeah. yeah and because there are people riding in the cars and you know are engaged in some kind of criminal activity that may or may not be connected to guns let people like you uh, who are trustworthy who can build trust with these communities and you can show up with credibility yeah. and say I've been to federal prison yeah. I've I was oh. where you are yeah. um, and engage in prevention from there is that what yeah. you're saying
1: and, and, and prevention is just the community's responsibility in a whole right? I feel like as community members, we ask asking the police, the school teachers, the city councils to do too much on the prevention side because the prevention starts in the household. Mm. It starts with the neighbors. Tell
0: me about that, starting well, in the
1: household. It's, it starts in the household. You hold your kids accountable. When your kid is 16 years old and he's starting to steal or whatever he's doing or she, you don't kick him out and say, "Go, oh, you can't be here no more because now you're putting that vulnerable child in even a more vulnerable position to be on the streets with the wolves that say now – or you got to be here just to eat. Here go a gun. Now we didn't gave him a shooter because we didn't kick him out of the household because he was getting a little too unruly. And so I, I call I hold parents. I call them to it. Like if you got a child, it's your responsibility to create a space for them to come. Where they could be safe. Because so do you
0: it, you do some parental coaching too? Yeah, I,
1: I, on every level, I talk about it. Right, I talk about when kids die. You know, and I, I see parents crying. I, I let them grieve. And then I talk to them about the guilt that's inside their tears. The guilt that they got for stop holding their kids accountable. Because if they could have held him accountable one more time, he might have came home. So don't let it happen to the next kids. Because usually these guys got little brothers and sisters or even kids. So don't, don't let it happen to their kids. Let's not stop let's 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 not stop holding their kids accountable. And so it sometimes it's, re- it's received, sometimes it's not. It's even been times people call me back and say, hey man, you're right. You know, some of my tears, even though I'm sad, I miss him, we love him. But some of them is guilt because I could have did more to bring him home. I could have let him come home when he wanted to. But I said, no, nah, because you did this and that last time. And so it's a, it's a whole, the, the community accountability and responsibility, it's got a lot of different uh, categories and things that people could do. As far as if you are a community member and there's some guys on your street hanging around, right, they, they might be in some, the is business or not, but they're there and you see them there all the time, you should be engaging them in the name of love. Just let them know, hey, I see you guys and this is my spot over here. You know what I mean? So whatever y'all doing, please don't, you know what I mean? I love y'all, I ain't tripping. they going to instantly take, you know, listen to you. What
0: if people are scared? And they should
1: be. But you you don't stay around. if they around? don't
0: want to engage because they're scared?
1: They, they you know, and, 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 and having fear is part of it. But is uh, overcoming your fear and potentially saving somebody's life—is uh, uh, that not worth it? Or just saying I'm scared and I'm just to be in the box. I'm just going to shake my head and just be an innocent bystander. See, I don't believe in innocent bystanders. You're active. You're
0: saying we're all interconnected. Yeah, you
1: had you're an active bystander. There's no innocent bystanders unless you're not not in gun violence, but I'm saying if you're witnessing witnessing that kids are out there struggling and you're just riding past them, you're an active bystander now. Now you're choosing to ignore them and let bygones be bygones. So when somebody rides past those guys and shoot at them and the bullets start hitting your stuff, you have some culpability because you could have gauged those guys, you could have asked them to move, right? And it's just all about how you talk to them. So it,
0: what would you do? What do you, what do you advise? What, I had a like, neighbor. Like, if it's you, what do you do?
1: I had a neighbor, right? And so, because now I've got my block. We own. All of us, we, we raising all our kids together. I made a sword. I'd knock on every door. Hey, I'm here now. My name Lionel Irvin. Skip. These are my kids. If you see them, you will whoop. And if I see yours, this is what we're going to do. So the neighbor called me, like, hey, they told me to call you right on the corner. These guys keep coming out, parking in front of my house. I don't know what they're doing, and this is around the George Floyd time. She's like, I don't want to call the police on them because I don't I don't know what they're doing, but I'm scared, this and that. So I said, go out there and talk to them. Oh, no, I don't to go out there. They be, they don't look nice. So I said, okay, I'm going to come over next time because they rolled off. So she called, said, over here again. So I rolled over, hey, bro, what's up? This is my homegirl over here, man, you know what I mean, Susie or whatever. And she just, like, worried y'all keep coming in front of her house. Like, this old lady, you know what I mean, she's a white lady. She worried. What's going on? Dude, say, hey man, my grandma used to live in this house. This is where I grew up in here. We just come over here, smoke a blunt with my grandma. Like, that's all we're doing over here. we just reminiscing. So, it's
0: comforting. It was yeah, comforting. Yeah, they just
1: was reminiscing, right? They just. And was she sharing. would have
0: no idea, and she just assumed had
1: no idea. This is this is her probably grandma's smelled house.
0: Smelled or saw drugs and thought they're doing yeah. drugs out in front of my house. And, and so now was, and she so, didn't make the connect, the human man, connection. If
1: she would have went and said something to him, because Susie dope, right? She dope, and come to find out, because I, I they pulled off. I said, hey, listen. You know, they grandma used to own this house. They was raised here. They just out there smoking a blunt with her. You know what I mean? They don't bang or harm you. They love this house. She's like, oh, that's it. Next time they pulled up, now she out there. Hey, this is my house. I'm Susie. You guys want to sit on the porch or you guys wanted something to drink? And now they like, you know, protecting her house. That's a cool story. And so that's just a, and I, I do when I do an ally trading, and that's, that's one of my story. things is to go engage the people, especially if this is your you got this property. You live here, you're going to see them every day? You're not going to say nothing to them? Now, if you're going to say something crazy to them about the police and get out of here, I don't do it, because they already got enough trauma and drama going on. If you come through and show them some love, though, and respectfully tell them, like, hey, this is my property, I got kids over here, whatever it is you need to tell them in the name of love, they're going to be receptive of it.
0: It's tricky in Portland, though, isn't it? Because I love your story, and I think those guys... Um, s- sound great, but a lot of what we see are—they're ninety-nine point nine percent white, and they're struggling with some pretty severe addiction and mental health issues, like P- the P2P meth and yeah. the fentanyl. And Man. they're schizophrenic, and they're—they have a lot of them have weapons, and they're unpredictable. And I think, I guess, its hard to know. Are the guys outside just sweethearts smoking a blunt with grandma, or is that is that a p two p meth guy that has a box cutter who thinks that I'm um, a monster coming to get him and is going to slash my face? It's a this is a weird time in the city.
1: Yeah. And, not, and then I'm just referring to like gang activity, yeah, which is totally different. Yeah. And but I, it's it, just it's, it all, it's all
0: mixed up the in this, The fear, right? It's yeah. all mixed up. I mean. I don't want to engage with them, um, but you're right. If, if, but
1: even those. If, so I had a story with those. Yeah, tell
0: me about that.
1: The church lady, right? She called me like, "Hey, these people? They're like living out in front of on the side of the church. They're selling drugs, right? What can I do?" I gave her the same type. Hey, go give them some love. Tell them this and that, and you know, be honest with them. And if it don't, if, and tell them, hey, I'm gonna have to call the police. Like, if you really have to call the police, just tell them. That's the fastest way to make somebody get on. Right. Hey, bro, I'm about to call the police. What you about well, to call the police?
0: Or lash out, right? Well, I mean it could go either way. They definitely. might
1: lash out. It's possible because it's especially They're
0: so unpredictable. Yeah, the homeless
1: so thirty percent of the gun violence is coming from the homeless camps.
0: Yes, it is. Yeah, and 30%, people do not, not understand more. that. They think it's gang related yep. and it's not all gang related. Yeah, and that thirty percent is getting bigger, exponentially yeah. bigger every year as the camps grow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as the drugs spread, yeah. and as the mental illness continues to be untreated...
1: You own some. And so that's a huge problem that we have to uh, uh, attribute to gun violence that we don't hear a lot about. But since I'm such on the ground floor of gun violence, I get to see all the uh, homeless camp So are you dealing shootings. with those
0: people too? Well,
1: I don't necessarily deal with homeless camp people, but I serve them. So, do you I, really? Yes, yeah, so I do a lot of bullet-free weekends and... Unity in the communities, and so we, our thing is to go to the most traumatized places and to bring healing energy, well, they're bring resources. Yeah, and, we, and so that's one of those things where the homeless is where the so we need the city to step in and provide some place for them or resources for them. There's so many different programs they could they could do. Like there's, there's so much dirt around. They could do buyback trash. Right, the homeless you see all these homeless people running around with garbage cans like they was. Uh, like it was full of well, cans. we have a
0: program like that. They got I buyback mean, trash? Well, it's not buyback trash, but they, they're they paying homeless people upwards of $20 an hour to pick up trash.
1: Yeah, well, where's that at? And they don't want time, it. They're
0: not doing it.
1: This is my first time hearing about it. And is yeah, the, I'll send you pro- the link. And where they promoting it at, right? What caps they're are they not. people? are
0: not. I mean, that's the weird yeah. They're not. I. They're not promoting it at all. Because
1: I and, guarantee you, I could walk out of here right now and go get 10 homeless people. We could. You got a camera phone, we can go get 10 homeless people right now. We say, hey. We'll give you fifteen dollars an hour to pick up trash. We'll get at least two or three hours out of them.
0: Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think they're promoting it at all. I mean, you know people I mean? haven't heard about it.
1: Yeah, and so that's type we gotta we gotta serve those people because they have they are mental health issues, and economics is so like right, economic system that we're dealing with right now is so hard on people with the COVID. The, I mean, it's just a lot of stressors, and we have to the ones that are still breathing serve the ones that are suffocating. Right? We have to serve them in the name of love, and that means if I had to take a little bit of my resources, and resources, I always tell people resources could be anything, not just money. It could be your time. That's right. It could be your clothes. You your might be knowledge. able to give rides, your information. We have to give your some of our resources. Verbal
0: information. Yes. Co- your coaching.
1: Yes, yes. And so we don't got enough of that. And we and the homeless problem is getting bigger. It's not getting smaller. Right? And, and the good people live in homeless camps too very intelligent people. Now all of them are... One
0: of them's my sister.
1: Yeah, see what I'm saying? So you know, right? You I know. mean, she's
0: not... It's tricky. She could be a good person. She's mm-hmm. not a good person in her addiction.
1: She's in her addiction, you know? It's
0: it's her, her brain has been hijacked, yeah. and she's no longer a good person because yeah. her brain's been hijacked. But it's not her.
1: It's just the drugs.
0: It's not her. It's
1: the drugs. And yeah. my dad
0: was the same way, homeless, but it wasn't him. It was his mental illness. Yeah. And his brain was hijacked by his mental illness. Mm. So, but it's it's tricky.
1: And they will take advantage of you, right? They'll steal from you. They'll yes, do, they will. But you gotta you gotta keep loving them. And <laughs> yes, you, you, you gotta, do. Then you gotta. And you be have, have, have boundaries. Set up boundaries. Yes, That's you gotta right. make moves now. I don't That's kick right. you out. But now, when you come in here, man, clap your hands when you go into the bathroom. So I yep. know you ain't stealing nothing, right? Yep. And so we love you though. You need to take a shower. Yeah, boom. Let go in the shower now. You come on out. Uh, sit down. Get something to eat. Now let's go get you where you need to go because you're uh, proving yourself to be trust, untrustworthy to live here. Yep. Now you can build your trust back up, or you can. But we have to. Like we have to serve our loved ones. If we don't, like say, your but people, the problem
0: is they end up. in, I mean, mine did. They end up in the tents because they don't want to take their. Seroquel, They don't want to yeah. they don't want to go to rehab. Yeah. I'll pay for rehab. She doesn't want to go to rehab. She
1: preferred to do that. Well, that's her I understand choice.
0: it. I wouldn't yeah. want to detox either. I don't want to be shitting my pants and vomiting yeah, everywhere yes, and yes, yes. shaking. And I get it. I don't I get it. I just I can't and it's live scary. With it. It's, very it's scary.
1: Scary. To, the dresses these people are on
0: it's so different. Their body needs it's so it. different.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of it's way different from the And it, when it makes their up.
0: brain it turns them into aggressive people.
1: Yeah. It and turns them into scary, the drug. very murderous people. Almost, I feel like, I'll be like, it turns them into the drug. It does.
0: It eats them from the inside out. That's exactly right. So I, I got to go back to the protest, though. How did you, you see the, the protests happening, and you are compelled to feel like, I need to speak to, I need to give a speech.
1: Oh, so when the fires are going to prison, I met a really nice white dude in prison, my guy named Lonnie. He was a, a, a skinhead, right? He was a separatist. Really? Yes. He was a separatist. And so he, I had a perception of what skinheads and KKK mm-hmm. guys was. but I never really got to interact with But in prison, they're going to be in they're there.
0: They're all together. Yeah.
1: yeah. They're going to gonna have swastikas on their head. They're going to have Hitler on their face. They're going to be in there. like They're, gonna, they're not going to be able to hide.
0: Is it true that in prison, or is this just a trope, is, is it true that in prison... Once you get in there, yes, everybody has their, the uh, okay, separatists, the white supremacists are over here, and the all the different, they split up by ethnicity, yeah. as, but particularly if they're separatists. Um, but they have to come together around certain issues, and they do. Is that true? To well, do favors for each other or protect each other?
1: Well, I would say, so it's in prison. Everybody only got mainly two groups besides the blacks because they got the blacks so separated. But so in prison, the white guys—do
0: they really? They have them separated.
1: Well, just just our mindset, what the, we, we the, our systematic traumas that we have, right? We oh, from, you're yeah. saying
0: going in, you're already feeling separated. We're already going to have by separations. Default, you're going to be yeah. separate. We're going
1: to have so many different groups versus it. any other race. I got like it. the Mexicans got two groups. Yeah, they got the Mexicans, the the paisas, They're just regular Mexicans. And they got the Vato, gangster uh, yeah, Mexicans. Yeah, you okay. could just be a gangster Mexican. You a Vato. You ain't a gangster. You are a Paisa. Mm-hmm. Right. Pisces just, like, come from Mexico, but they could have been raised in America. They just ain't no gangsters. Got it. The white guys are going to have the regular white people and then the racist white people. The
0: segre- the white supremacists. The white
1: yeah. supremacists. They're not going to have a bunch of different groups. Yeah. And down the line, the Islanders is going to have one group down the line. Then when you get to the blacks, they're going to have... The Crips, the Bloods, right. the GDs, the Christians, the Muslims, right. the Nation of Islam, right. Puerto Ricans. Do the, <laughs> the, you know what I mean? There's going to be 40 different groups. I didn't even
0: think groups. about that. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense.
1: There's going to be 40 different groups. So what group were you in? So I, I, I ran, I'm from Portland, so we call it the Northwest Car, but I just ran just a man, right? I was a man in there. Anywhere I go, I'm one of the, I'm so blessed that I can infect my environment. So they left me in prison. So I didn't have to really per se... So you didn't have to be part of a group? Or blood. No, I just ran on man time, and my guys, we ran on man time. And there were other
0: guys who ran on man time, too. Yeah,
1: man time just meaning, you know, you probably have some group of guys that you probably from around, but meaning when I come and tell you about a problem, I've already solved it. I'm not going to come and say, oh, this guy talked crazy to me in the unit. Oh, we're coming to the yard to talk about it. No, when I come and tell you the problem, I've already handled it. And if and then if more people got involved, then I come and say hey, I handled it. But then his partners came, so now we need to get the troops too. And so that's what man time is. Versus if you're in a car, if I get into a situation with you, then they got to go talk to all your people. And you y'all got to go, all go to the yard and have all these politic rules. So I don't like to do that.
0: So you were telling me this story about this white supremacist in prison. Before I take yeah. you on that, I'm sorry I took you on that long. Story. No,
1: I because I, there's so many. Right, I've been through so much since. So we you we have, here, yeah.
0: Okay, so tell
1: me about the story with the white supremacist So prison. Lonnie uh Lonnie, that's yeah, right. Oh, I can't so you remember. You ended what up Lonnie's.
0: becoming friends with him.
1: By one of my best buddies, right? One of
0: your best buddies. Yeah, I love today? Lonnie today.
1: I love him dearly. And so in prison This is
0: blowing my mind. Yeah,
1: the, so the prison, the prison system creates separation too. They they create the only do they create, they feed it. So one of the jobs was in the butcher shop, it was a white job. So all the white guys had the best jobs. Hmm. Right. Oh, in prison don't pay you much.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm
1: one of the guys I came through and bucked so many barriers. I got all them jobs myself, too. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I got the butchership job. In the, now,
0: how did you get it then? If it the, was the, a white the police, job? the
1: police loved me. The CEO, because they get to choose who get the job. So the CEO loved me. Mr. So Whitmore. if they
0: like you, they will give it to you.
1: Well, you got to you got to work your hand, but they're going to be swayed it, too. But I'm one of the type of guys just in my mind, you can't deny I, I got in prison, and I woke up in there. While I was doing my time, I was waking up, and I was on. I've never won. I've always been a yes, or no, so guy anyway. So I'm a respectful person. So the COs love that, right? And I work I hard. I can see that. Yeah. And you
0: don't complain, and you don't come to no, them with petty disputes. nothing.
1: None of that. They love that. So they loved it, me in there, right? So Mr. Whitmore said, I'm going to uh, right? give, give you the butchership job, Mo." Because he called me Mo, right? I've been there 25 years. I'm going to give you the butchership job, Moe. I'm like, for real, Mr. Whitmore? I can't even believe it. He's like, <laughs> yeah. He like, do you want it? I'm like, yeah. Let me get in there. This is one of the best-paying jobs. And they know if you get in there, you're going to be able to steal all the meat to sell it to the people. So you're going to make a lot of more money just working oh, there. Oh,
0: I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Okay. So you're yeah. going to be in
1: there with the meat. You're going to yeah. be stealing all the meat. You're going to be the guy. They're yeah. going to love you. Right? So I got the job. Lonnie was in there. His friend got still and they fired him. But they had stole so much that they had to fire me. still, They've been stealing for five years. Wow. So they fired the dude for whatever reason. They hired me. So Lonnie, me and him did not talk. He would not talk to me for, like, at least a month. But yeah. But I'm so happy now because I didn't have a lot of money in prison. I'm in there. My people struggling. So I know I'm going to steal this meat and sell it on the yard. And I'm about to make about $100-something a month just working naturally anyway. So I'm feeling it. You know what I mean? So I'm in there. da 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 but by this time, I learned how to read. And so one of my favorite genres is paranormal romance.
0: Paranormal? Is that romance with a ghost?
1: Yeah, like safe shifters and, you know, it was this character named Anita Baker, right? So paranormal <laughs> romance. I didn't
0: even know that was a genre. Yeah. So is it is it paranormal romance? Is it is it a a lover who has passed on and they're, you're continuing to have a romance, romance with somebody on the other side? And... Or is it a ghost that appears in your home that you're having a romance with? Is it so both?
1: It could be a ghost, or we could just be shapeshifters. We could shapeshifters. be werewolves, vampires. Right. Fantasy. It's a, it's a uh, love story yeah. involved. Yeah, like it's Twilight. It's a fantasy. like, Twilight. Yeah, like Twilight. Twilight. It's a love story involved. Okay, involved.
0: so is, that para- is Twilight paranormal romance? Yeah, I would be,
1: I would be a I paranormal romance. I did not romance. know that. yeah.
0: I can see how that would be yeah. popular, and that oh, was I your favorite.
1: It. I loved it. What
0: did you love about well, it? Well,
1: for one, they always had sex, right? right? In description, <laughs> You're in yeah. prison, so and that's in prison. interesting. And it was always like they were in a war with somebody. It was a love right? story. It just had all the components of a all good the story. Themes, yeah. It was a war. It was a fight. a Love story. Got it. You know, and it was so I loved it. Right. Well, man, I didn't know how much I loved books once I learned how to read, but to come, come to find out, Lonnie loved them. So when the book list was coming out our names would be like like we would get the same books every time. Oh,
0: that's funny. Yeah, so I'm
1: like, "Bro, you get the books, you know what I mean?" So he the, we we he's a reader. Yeah. So he cannot not talk about the books.
0: Yeah. So that's right. why
1: we started talking. is
0: not that interesting.
1: Yeah. yeah. We couldn't find no common ground. Like our kids, he would not engage me. But when I start talking about Anita Baker, oh man, he <laughs> was, he was in on it. And so that we just formed a relationship and then, so we I started just you know, we we started just like picking each other's culture. Like, why do you believe this? Right. You know, and so and I was like, you, bro.
0: you're becoming curious about each other.
1: Yeah, cause I'm, especially the skinheads, because he had the Hitler on the side of his head, right? So I'm like, like, bro, why do you? Good
0: luck hiding from yeah. the police without on your head. Yeah.
1: So I'm like, <laughs> why do you believe that? Like, what is your thing? And I've always taught was taught that you know skinheads or Klay was just straight. Racist. We the superior beings. We believe we better than y'all. We was here. Dot dot All the old propaganda. That's gamble. what I would have thought. Right. But what he was, what he was, was a peerist. He was going, "Hey, bro, we almost extinct. Once our lineage, this, this is. His, he was raising this. Okay. Once somebody in our family mixes, DNA, I mean, I'm making a face because it sounds yeah. silly, but this but was, he was his he argument. He was serious, and he he stood by. And his he believed kids. it. Yeah, he stood on that, and he was just basically saying that I don't want my lineage to become. It, uh extinct because we are co mixing with racist and you though know I thought it was off but he had no hate involved in it it wasn't like I don't hate you I don't think you're dumb I know you're strong but I don't want my daughter to mess with your son because I don't want to mix our bloods and so that and I and so when I realized he didn't he wasn't really a hatred he just was confused by his upbringing it still right? sounds
0: like hate to me. Because,
1: well, he he wasn't hating in the point where he wanted to hurt somebody. Yeah. He just didn't want his people mixing with no other people.
0: It just sounds gross. It felt like he.
1: I should be asking. You're him, right. It's a level yeah.
0: below. Yeah. It's a it's a level below. I want to put a bullet in your brain. Yeah. It's it's definitely like, a level lo- where I want to I want to uh, extinguish you through genocide. It's a yeah. level below that.
1: Yeah. So. Uh, I agree. He uh, and so
0: you were surprised by that.
1: Yeah, that surprised me because I, I just feared he was well, just a Nazi guy. Well, especially with
0: Hitler, like yeah. then you he got Hitler to got to put head. a bunch of people in but ovens on your head.
1: One thing about prison is the young white kids that come there, and they don't they don't get with the right white man. The skinheads scare them to death. Hey, brother, you better come over here. The blacks are gonna rape you. The blacks, oh. Mexicans, and then as soon as they go over there. These kids ain't got nothing. Racist bone in their body. Yeah, they put a big old swastika or something. They on get them.
0: radicalized, or they or they, they do that because they think it'll protect them.
1: Yeah, they they, they in now. I, didn't even, they, they I didn't even white think about that. Anybody think about that? Put big old swastikas. When you see guys that's walking around with big old swastikas, they may not
0: believe it. Is what you're no saying? No way. They may have put it on themselves for protection in prison. That's like what the you're prisoners saying. Prisoners put it on. And their that's phone. why that tattoo removal service for for felons and former felons is it's so very valuable. Big. Yes,
1: yes, it is. And so that's how the uh, white supremacists get their ranks in prison because, you know, it's so sad. I don't know if there's a lot of racist white guys in prisons or not, but there's not a lot of self-proclaimed racist white guys. white dude come to prison, he's not trying to go over and sit with the skinheads. He'll go over and sit with the regular white dudes. So what they do... Well, because,
0: yeah, I think you're right. I think most in general, um, and that's why they're fringe. Like, in general, most people are not, most white people are not white supremacists, yeah. that's a fringe domestic terrorist group. Yeah. So it doesn't occur to them. And then when they start, they get groomed, as you're saying. Like, they get, they they're get they whispering in they their ears saying, saying you got to come stabbed. over here.
1: Yeah, you see all, or Because, you know... And we'll protect yep, you. Because blacks are nasty aggressive, right? They got their own trauma. So it's a lot of blacks in prison, the majority. So when you go to a prison, you're going to be filled up with black men.
0: Well, and think about it.
1: <laughs> you know they're mean? coming
0: from Portland, right? Yeah. A white kids coming from Portland... Where it's white, 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 white. Yeah. And then they get to prison and it's it's, they're white. suddenly the minority.
1: There's so small minority. And, and I was in Sheridan, yeah. Portland, right? And yeah, know, exactly where you're talking they about. They didn't have enough seats. Like, you would see white guys standing up eating their food because it wasn't enough of them to commandeer the, the amount of seats that they actually really needed. So that's how small their population is. And it's, a lot of prisons are like that. So it's so easy to scare a younger white kid into becoming. Just even joining those guys and start to get indoctrinated with the fourteen eighty eights and all that old stuff, right? It's that's how they do their ranks. They get you and say, "Hey, you make get over here. You see how they just did him? They swag you for your commissary. Come over here. We'll protect you." And then boom, swastika on your forehead. Now you, now you got swastika on your forehead for life, and don't even believe it.
0: This is raising so many questions. The word I keep thinking about the word systemic racism, mm-hmm. because you said that you don't think most police are racist or have the intent of, I'm going to go out and shoot a black person today? No, not
1: at all. Not th- I've met so many police officers.
0: But how did how does the black person end up? Then I say, well, how do they end up in the line of fire? And I hear things like um, Vanport, flooding, um, economically depressed communities. What So what do you say... What, what do you say to somebody who said, like a Glenn, like a Glenn Lowry, let's say, this guy who has a, a PhD from MIT, he's an economist at Brown, and he talks a lot, he's black, he talks a lot about uh, black communities. He might say it's more of an economic problem. It's more of a socioeconomic. It, it, he, he might say, it's yeah, there's some systemic racism there, but I don't know if that's all it is. It might be like over 50% uh, socioeconomic. What do you say to that?
1: Um I really don't even understand that. Like poor, just poor. Well, b- well, the system—you gotta understand, man. America did, you know, the community no favors, and they're just now even starting to acknowledge it. Tell even, me about that. Well, he's just from the crack world. The world on drugs,
0: because we all knew that the um, bright lights, big city guys were—you know—the investment bankers were snorting coke up in their high rises with mm-hmm. the, the, all the whiteies, um, and that the, it was the blacks and the, the doing rock in the back of the police car.
1: The poorest part of drug is is, is crack cocaine. It takes cocaine to get there. So the the sentencing for cocaine is 100 to 1. You can have 100 grams of cocaine is equal to 1 gram of crack. The only place you're going to find crack mostly is in the black community. But you're going to find hundreds 100 grams of cocaine on them yachts. And so that's why I say that they have did us no favors because they took our followers from us. They, they pumped our community with drugs. The CIA is a fact. They sold the freeway rig, all that stuff. They pumped the community with drugs. Then they turned right around behind it and made the world on drugs and took those guys to jail for selling it. And they gave them life sentences, 30 years, 40 years. They still in there from the 80s. Right? I mean, and these men would be so Well, they had
0: kids, and now their kids are inevitably going to be completely fucked up.
1: And right down the line. So it's just... It's a it's a host of things that where I say they had did us no favors, and that's why I'm so excited about where we at now, because everything's under the reimagination, everything's under the microscope, the criminal justice system, the, the uh, school, the, uh, uh, the uh, economical structure, right? Everything is under the microscope. Now we're starting to hear about traumas, incredible messengers, a lived experience, and just that kind of stuff was never verbished before. Even me, like when I came back from the when I came back free. It'd be so hard. It's still hard for me today to get a job, to get grants, to do it because of my record. I got a felony for one, and then the type of felonies that I have. So just imagine a person who don't got as many skills as I got or just don't have the right connections. How hard is it for them? And
0: you're at Dave's Killer Bread, right? One of the – or you were? No, that's where I started off at. And that's one of the few places that hires felons because he was a felon.
1: Dave's a great place, but look what happened there. If I didn't have the right tools, so – when you get to when you get to places, guys get out of prison. Just speaking from my perception, you have this glow. Like when you come home from prison, you got this. We call I call it the prison glow. It's gonna last for about six to eight months. You got to utilize it. I always tell people, hey man, you about to go home, utilize your glow, man, before it diminishes. So when you get out, you got that prison glow. You out, everything looking good. You shining, you clear. Boom. There are gonna be people, especially if you're a black man. Dave Kilabre was my first job. I got in there. It was a young kid. That had determined is he didn't like it. mostly
0: black employees because they employ felons. Oh, no, not at all. Black people make up the majority of the incarcerated. Like you said, if uh. w- if you're white and you go into prison, it's going to be mostly black.
1: Oh, the prison is going to be filled with black. Why people.
0: isn't Dave's?
1: Well, I don't know why Dave's ain't filled with black But people. it's
0: just not. That's weird. Well, it's
1: not. And, maybe and also,
0: unfortunately. They hire everybody
1: right? I send to them, right? I send a lot of people to them. But so it for it is some reason, they just don't end up. There. And now they're going through, so Dave, and also Dave sold to a corporate flowers, yeah, right? And they got a, now they're I doing about a, that. a pro temp thing. They got different energy now. Even though they are still second chance, it ain't like the Dave that I walked into. That's right? too bad. That's it, really yeah. too bad.
0: Is there anything like that within the community in Portland? Where do you send people if you can't send them to Dave's?
1: Oh, then I just, I have a connection with Portland Bottle Company, right? Where I just, one of my friends worked there. We don't, we don't actually have a place that says, that I know a person I got a connection with that says, hey, we're going to hire a state chance, but not just hire them, give them a competitive wage. Yeah. Because you can hire anybody for $15, but that ain't going to gonna keep the street pressure on them.
0: Right. They need Th- then 20 the, they'll still dollars be compelled hour. to sell drugs, to sell yeah. guns.
1: And I, I, I tell people this stuff Well, story. and that
0: money is just, would be, especially if it's in your community and your neighbors and your cousin and whatever, they've got all this money. You're not going to. Sling pancakes or burgers no. for seven. And your bucks. family
1: is waiting. Like I did, fifteen years. Right, I went to prison. My son was two months.
0: You're so the provider. You're the man. Yeah. You're the provider. I
1: got home. My my family had a great big party. I got a big family. They. I got a great support system with my sisters. I mean, I'm I mean, blessed. You're lucky. Yeah, I'm so blessed. My sisters are true queens. They support me. They took care of my son. helped raise him. Right. So I, I'm blessed. And not
0: everybody has. A... Everybody don't got
1: that. So now, though, I'm home. We got the party. This is my first time laying in the bed with my son. We wake up together. He's in my bedroom. Uh, we talking about all the dreams and aspirations that we got. And he's like, well, Dad, man, I need some shoes. And I need this and I need that. And he'll start running down the list of the stuff it's a he lot of pressure. and wanted. But now I came home with I'm not taking no blood money. So all my friends who have been offering me money, I have been telling them, no, I'm going to get it the right way. Right? No, bro, keep your money. I'm going to get it. I got it. How do you be,
0: get your kid shoes, though?
1: Well, I wasn't even expecting him to need these things. I knew it, but I'm not no bum. This is all surprising Yeah, now. I'm not, I know my sister took care. I know you're going to need some eventually, but not the next day, right? And so I'm not a bum, and I saved my money from prison.
0: So oh, I came I home see.
1: with some of my prison money.
0: You're saying other people in those circumstances are thinking, oh, shit, I got to put shoes on my son. Look what so I started how thinking. am I going to do that immediately?
1: So he said this to me, right? So instantly, when he said it to me, I had just told one of my friends, he tried to give me like seven or $8,000. I had told him I didn't want it because I knew that it has. a lot of money. It was a lot of money. It was like the biggest temptation that most my tried yeah. to give me. And, but I already made my mind up that I wasn't going to go back into the street life. And I knew the money had attachments. It had loyalties Why to though? it.
0: Why though? Why weren't you going to go back?
1: Well, for one, I, I don't want to go to prison. I just did 15 years. And I want to be there for my son now. And I want to be able to tell other young men. The, the, the obstacles before they face them and how to navigate them, right? Because now I've got a wealth of knowledge. I mean, I've read so many books in prison. I learned all the – everything I stand before you right now I learned from prison. I went in there with And there with was nothing
0: in your mind that said, uh, I'm going to get back into the game and it will be different this time because I know things that I didn't know then and I can evade the I can evade the prison system.
1: Uh, No. That er- didn't occur to you? Early on, Yeah. But as the, uh, What
0: changed? What, uh,
1: for one, the, gen- the gentleman who invested in me, those, those those crack law dudes, that's who raised me. That's who sent me to talk to the psych in prison. That's who got they laid to send and hooked on fine so I could read. That's who took me to the law library and looked at my case. The
0: guy who arrested you?
1: No, the prisoners.
0: Oh, the prisoners.
1: The them brothers that the got the crack law? The
0: prisoners changed you. Them
1: crack law prisoners? Okay. Them brothers from the 80s? They in there. They done read 10 million the, yeah, books. Yeah, th- and
0: that's, that's your point, that they're still in there, And a lot of these people are either nonviolent or only defensively violent offenders who are in there under this, uh, under the Joe Biden crime bill and um, who today we would be appalled at the idea of their sentence. We need them guys
1: so bad. I had such a huge impact in my family alone. In my com- in my community,
0: we do need them, yeah,
1: and I'm the least of those guys.
0: And how do we get them out? Because I think the will is there.
1: Well, we gotta. When I, I talk, I talk this kind of talk so much, right? And people run from it because the economics that's wrapped around it. So I worked in Unicor.
0: People are running from from it because they're scared it, of having to provide the wraparound services for the guys when they get out. Well,
1: just to just to just to. Like the but isn't that,
0: it expensive to keep them in
1: the powers that be? Those guys make a lot of money for the whatever prison, whoever gets the prison money, they're making a lot of money in prison. I, I got five trades.
0: They give Trump a hard time, but he did a good job on this.
1: He did that. I love, you know,
0: he did a great a, job on this. I'm a huge fan of
1: Trump because you're
0: a fan of Trump. Huge
1: fan. Oh, I was in, you know, I was calling myself in prison Lionel Trump. They were giving me so much. Tr- I'm, like,
0: blown away They right were giving now. me so much trouble. If Trump ran for president, would you vote for him? I'd
1: vote for Trump.
0: Would you really? You know because why? of what he's done for the black prison population. Well,
1: that's one thing, but also I like that Trump, you know.
0: My mind is blown right now.
1: It, it but I agree. We he believe, did a good job so with that. So we believe Trump is a racist, right? I believe that. Mm. I don't know if he is or not, but I believe that. Why
0: do you believe he's a racist? Well,
1: just because of the constituents that he, that, 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 that he, uh, Appease to you mean like, like say, the, the Muslim man? The, yeah, this kind of stuff he but does. But is he
0: racist against black people? Well,
1: I think. I mean, got, I think he's
0: racist against Muslims. I don't think he likes Hispanics. Well, that's
1: a lot of different things, right?
0: Right, but <laughs> yeah. is he racist against black people? I don't know.
1: Well, he has had some traits. He just done some things that appear to be racist. Like what? Well, the guys that were. Uh, in New York, them five dudes that he oh yeah 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 the Central Park Five yep. that's right and you he know, you're right you're his, right his, his, uh, is
0: it possible that he's
1: changed? I don't know if he changed or not, but what I like about him is he doesn't hide that aspect of him.
0: You Because like that. Biden
1: is the same way, but Biden hides it.
0: Why do you think Biden's racist?
1: Well, I think racism is probably too big of a word. I would say bias.
0: Okay.
1: Right, because he is pumping the American dream. He's still pumping the same energy. He want people right now to go back to work at the gas price of $7 a uh, $7 a gallon only to feed the system. See, it's the system is the problem. I, I shouldn't even say that Trump was racist. It's the system that they are abiding by. The old guard. The our 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 country, our country was built on uh inhumane manner, right?
0: I agree.
1: And so they still the all the stuff the bylaws that were set in place were put in place to Uphold that status and to create more and, and build that structure, and so we are, we're stuck under that we're stuck underneath that same belief system.
0: And by by an inhumane manner, you mean the system began via um, well, first of all, it was led by white men, and it by definition and legally excluded blacks, women, three, other people three, of three color, three fifths
1: of a man. Right. And we then the law vote. was
0: used to justify yeah, segregation, to keep yes. segregation in place. We had to do um, it, all sis. the way into the si- 60s. We're doing Brown v. Board. We're yeah. doing busing, which Biden, I think, opposed. And I I think when, when he was running oh. against Kamala and she was still in the primaries, that was one of the um, things that I thought she really zinged him on was when she said, you know, look, I the only reason I went to good schools is because I was bused there and Biden opposed busing. And that, I thought that was really damning.
1: Yeah, and so... I'm not a big fan of Kamala either because, you know, she did her job well. She was a prosecutor. It a was, little too well. She did her job well, but in, I know because I, I'm one of guys. She
0: was overzealous. But you have she to was be right. O- no, you don't. This, no, no, you no, don't. To you this. Have to I'm gonna him.
1: tell you why she has to be, because of the field that she was in. She wanted to get to the top, and so she's already a black person and a woman in a predominantly white world. As a prosecutor, DA, judge, you know, my, you might see some black ones now, but they're going to be far in between.
0: You're saying, but wouldn't you agree that the tide has changed and that the trend, particularly in blue cities – I'm sorry, we can stop whenever you
1: – No, 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 no you're long. No, no, we got all day. I'm just like <laughs> – Since I love – we consider it to you. Will you say enough?
0: For instance, with Kamala, I, wouldn't you agree, though, that these days – the tr- especially in blue cities where she was in California, the trend is toward deincarceration. Yeah. So, do you think she would behave the same way today as she did then?
1: Well, I don't believe so because we look at her whole career, right? She had to hustle, bustle. She was fighting. She was fighting to prove that she wasn't mm-hmm. one of them. I got it. The ones that so she was prosecuting. So
0: now, because the trend is shifting away from that, you think she could be um, less zealous?
1: I would love for her to even address it in a manner to say that, you know, I was a little overzealous. And yeah, she has And these are the reasons that. why. Because I looked up her record. She's gave hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years out to people. Yes, right? she did. Yeah, hundreds her of smoking years. Smoking weed. Yeah, and so and those guys are still incarcerated. Yes, they are. Right, that's a problem.
0: Yes, it is.
1: And it's not been addressed.
0: And she could address it by just going to Joe and saying, we need to let these guys out.
1: These drugs, they, don't, they don't legalize drugs like. If you're not committing I, I ma'am, I decided to kill somebody. Here I am sitting here talking to you. It doesn't make any sense. These guys that are just sold drugs and they're still in prison been now for thirty Did years. Did you really
0: kill somebody? Yes,
1: ma'am. It's the worst and, the worst uh, w- choice I ever made.
0: One person. Yep. And um worst choice you've ever made, uh, do you do you mean that um practically, but I'm assuming you also mean that mm-hmm. morally?
1: Yeah, because you can't never get out, you can't never unsee it, right? You can never, uh, I think the hardest forgiveness is self-forgiveness.
0: And so you learned to, you killed somebody. Yes, ma'am. And you learned to read by these guys who were, via these guys who were in prison mm-hmm. for decades and decades and decades because they were involved in the crack game. And yeah. who may or may not have killed somebody, many of whom did not, right?
1: Yeah, no question.
0: And how did it feel to be released and walk out and know that the guys that taught you all the skills that you have that raised you up from where you were, are they're going to rot in there?
1: Yeah, you know, I was happy, sad. Yeah. Because I was Obviously, happy. you're happy
0: for yourself and your yeah. family. But I was sad. And, and grateful. And
1: my OG partner who raised me up in prison, he had been in prison since like 89 or something, right? He'd been through it. He, This dude is so smart. He like... He's like my father. I love him to death. But that last day, he came to my room, and he was like, hey, Mo, you about to go home. He's like, you got all the tools you need, bro. Like, you did it. You ready. Just be the same person you is in here. Go out there and be that same person. You're gonna, they're going to love you. Then he said, if you come back, I'm going to stab you. And I was like, what, OG? This is the first time he's ever had any kind of, like, like, any kind of, like, we got a this is like, a problem. I'm like, what you mean, OG? He, he's like, no. No, I'm serious. You come back to prison, I'm going to stab you. Because you know you only wasted your time, you wasted my time. So I invested in you to go out there and make a change because I can't. So you have a huge responsibility. Don't waste my time. Don't come back to this prison. And he was serious. He Do you
0: him. think if, he, if you went back there, he would stab yeah. you? No, Do you really?
1: I believe it in my heart. No question about it. Because he invested a lot of time in me. And Did
0: that make you feel think less of him at all?
1: No, it made me love him that much more because he was holding me accountable. He was saying, if you come back here, it's
0: kind of like a, gonna a parent saying, I'm going to whip your ass. Yeah.
1: because and, and now, even, I don't know if he got it. I've never seen him hurt nobody in my life. But, you know, I've seen people get stabbed in prison for a lot less than that. I I've seen it. somebody get killed so over the TV. You're saying he may or
0: may not have meant it. But regardless, he's holding you accountable and saying he doesn't want to see you there again. And you've got that in the back of your mind. Yeah. probably for the rest of your life now that you don't want to.
1: I don't yeah. want to let him down. And I sort sure of want to go in prison and see him again, because what if he stabs me?
0: Yeah.
1: Right? I'm, I'm really not looking forward to that. And so we're missing that component. So right? if
0: both Joe Biden and Trump are racist, why vote for Trump?
1: The system is racist. right? Oh, I got the it. System. That's right. You amended that. The so system.
0: They're working within a racist they're system. They're working within
1: the system. And I like Trump because at least he was willing to shake the system up. You know what made me the first time I said I'm going for Trump? He was doing a speech.
0: Yeah, tell me about it. And he that. was
1: like, you know, the black community, y'all need to give me a chance. I don't know why y'all won't give me he a did. chance. He did. I remember that yeah. speech. Yeah. What worse can I do than they already done? What worse can I do than they already done? it's the first time that's I a even good heard. Question. This is the first time I even heard anybody from that level even acknowledge that something wrong been happening. Right, because on Black History Month for twelve years straight, when well, I went to school, they learned about Martin Luther King every year. What are we gonna keep learning about Martin Luther King for? Right, because the history they don't want to teach that history. That's that's a that's a that's a that's a a a, 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 a foreign subject, a, a problem. You start talking about that, it's a secret subject. And with Trump, that's the first time I ever heard somebody say. What worse can I do? Because you always hear about the black man feel like somebody did something to him. They, uh, the white man, this, that, and this. You know what I mean? You hear that energy a lot, right? And I heard that sometimes, especially back in my era when I was coming up. But this is the first time I ever heard somebody that, on that level say, "What worse can I do to you guys? What's already been done to you in this country? Give me a chance." I was sold from that point on. Maybe I give this dude a chance. Because he just is Hillary Clinton. Him was the same person. He looking like he ready to do something different. Hillary wasn't going. Hillary wasn't no better than Trump.
0: You're saying what's? This hasn't worked for me,
1: my entire life,
0: and so I'm gonna give this guy a chance because you all might as well just be the. What about Obama?
1: Obama man. uh, Obama broke a lot of hearts in prison.
0: Tell me about that. Well,
1: so he had that the uh, clemency thing that he came up with right his last like year and a half. Bro, I mean, this was for the dudes with the crack law. Right. This was for those guys. First thing he did is sign this is the first one he broke our broke our hearts. They the crack in, in, in crack in cocaine disparity was a hundred to one. So hundred grams of cocaine equal one gram of crack. So Obama signed it down. We wanted to be one to one because you can't even get cocaine. You can't even get crack without cocaine. So it should be right. one to one. Co- cocaine is adding baking soda. Right. Why would you get more time to add a baking soda in there to, for crack? So we was looking for Obama to make the law one-to-one. One. It would have busted the floodgates open for these gentlemen. They'd have all came home. right? If he'd made it 15-to-one, half of them could have landed. He made it 18-to-one. That was his first thing that was heartbreaking because 18-to-one was a threshold that kept so many people. He could have made it 17. It would have made a huge difference. So he, this was not an uninformed decision. He's the president. So anybody think that he was just having my happenstance, I don't believe that. Michelle's a real truth. She's south side of Chicago, Yeah, too. she's really grew up in the struggle. She did. Yeah, right? So she's really from it. But not to say Obama's not really from it. But, you know, she's, she's come from a real struggle. The
0: Robinsons were yeah. super poor. Yes,
1: yes. Her, her brother Craig was coaching at uh, Oregon OSU, State. OSU, yeah. Yeah, for a little while. I was rooting for him. And... uh. So that decision, in my mind, was an informed choice.
0: But then weren't you disappointed with her? Because weren't you thinking you could influence your husband to fix
1: this? Yeah, I I think that, you know, I don't know what her influence was. I think it was pretty strong, right? I mean, she was his boss. That's how they met. I imagine (laughs) it was pretty strong. But also, I think that I wish Obama would have had a lot of Trump energy. Right. Tell
0: me about that. Trump would
1: have the I don't care energy. Like, this is what I want to do. This is how it's going to be done. Huh. But executive power. Well, you got to get it up out of here. Obama played a lot of political games. and like, you know, give and take. And that was that happened with his clemency. He should have had that clemency his first year in office. But he wanted to get. You're it.
0: saying he was too conciliatory.
1: Yeah. He wanted, he wanted to appease everybody. But what happened was he got over 200 some thousand petitions. Right. To get these nonviolent drug offenders out of prison. So he, I think he put it out like a year and a half before he was out of office. So they got some guys out. So they got a lot of good. They got a lot of guys out. on about, about twenty thousand or something. I don't know how many it was, but they got some guys out. But as soon as he left the office, all those petitions now are was never heard of again. See, this, they broke them guys' hearts. Them guys was in tears, man. They thought they was going to be able to, have a to go home.
0: Well, and you're also saying it wasn't
1: enough. It he, was he did it from the beginning. It wasn't one to one. No, he did He didn't do one to one. He didn't he didn't even change the good time. The federal good time, you do only you get forty seven days a year. If you get sentenced to thirty years in prison, you're gonna do twenty five years of some change in the federal prison. Like come on, it don't even make no sense.
0: Yeah, he didn't change that. Obama
1: Joe so Trump came with the first step act. It's changing so many guys' lives in prison. It's got it has got prison's not a place where you uh rehabilitation is something that is promoted. Or even uh, rewarded, so the first step act actually gave people that's in prison energy to go take a class. Let me go take anger management. See if I can get some more good time. And so, I think that's that that, that that's uh in that regard between just Trump and Obama. I just think uh, Obama was just too lenient, and uh, he made too many deals. It didn't press a line because, you know. Just him being there as a figure is great. We get to see it. But we wanted to have, like, real change. He had a chance to make real systemic changes, and I don't know if he did.
0: Is that, quick question, based on the policy changes that Trump made, do you think that's why Trump won a larger share of the black vote in 2020 than 2016, even though he lost the election?
1: No question. That played a huge part because all the prisons are filled with brothers
0: and that's how trump kept the race closer and, and, closer and than i think a lot of people thought it was supposed to be
1: and and people were was deeming trump is not a, a wolf in sheep clothing trump is just a wolf
0: it, you're saying you're saying what you see is what you get
1: yeah biden's a wolf in sheep clothing he's he's playing the game but he's acting like i'm going to do this and that i'm black too and all that old crazy game stuff he's playing but no, Trump ain't playing them. If you days. don't
0: vote for me, you ain't yeah, black. Yeah,
1: like, come on. There's, are people biting <laughs> on that? No, Trump, like, why wouldn't you vote for me if you're black? They already did you bad. Like, give me a chance. I can't do no worse, even if I do fumble.
0: So, this is from, let's see, this is from NBC News, November 4th, 2020. And I, I'm just wondering what your take is on this. It says, black men shift slightly toward Trump in record numbers. Most black men supported Biden, but overall, Democrats have been losing black male support since 2008. Does that ring true with your experience?
1: Yeah, and then you know what the other thing is too? When people start going to prison, they start telling them, "Hey bro, we was Republicans first. We were not Democrats." Right? And they start giving them the history on the politics and understanding. That's right. They the sp- party switched. Yeah. They the party switched. Yeah, the
0: Democrats used to be the segregationists. Yep.
1: Yeah, the, the Democrats came with the handouts.
0: And the Republicans right. were the party of Lincoln.
1: Yeah, and so they start. People start learning their history. They start coming home telling people. And then the the the, the, the day were the handout time. We don't. Nobody really want that no more. Nobody want a whole bunch of welfare right. and all. that. No, create opportunity because everybody want to create generational wealth. See, Trump Trump talking about hey, we need to build more America, less China. We need to get our own oil, and these going to be jobs for y'all. Well, he making sense because that though jobs, more money, generational wealth opportunity versus. Oh, we're going to help you get some uh, free cheese and get you these uh, uh, bus tickets and welfare passes. No, that day is over. Is that
0: how you see all these stimulus checks that Biden's writing? Is that do you see that as as handouts?
1: No, because of the pandemic. So
0: you so those are different.
1: Yeah, the pandemic created a whole other structure of how things are viewed but uh, the welfare system well and trump was writing
0: uh checks trump was writing trump started it people forget that people applaud biden for writing all these stimulus checks but trump started that and trump trump did the operation War. i mean i'm a democrat and i'm not a trump supporter but i'm I'm You're thinking versed. he's more interesting yeah. than, I'm, than I walked into this room thinking. Yeah. He's more oh, interesting yeah. to me now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Trump, Trump did do Operation Warp Speed, which is the vaccines. Yeah. And that that was him. That wasn't Biden. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think most people would agree that that's the most important part piece of combating COVID is, is that it's not the fucking mask. It's the vaccine.
1: It's the vaccine. That we, we, I mean, we really don't even know what COVID is you right. don't know what the vaccine is. I liked the Trump too because he was like, he was just take out there it doing or don't it. don't take it. Yeah, he wasn't saying, "Oh, you don't take it's it." It's like don't you be a said, liar.
0: he didn't sit and study; he just did it. Yeah, he just did it. He got together with Pfizer, he made his deals, yeah. and
1: because he patented. I believe Trump, you know, was a businessman first, right? And they family, so his things was all on. You know, I'm gonna get some of these skins, but I'm also gonna let you guys get some too. That's why I like the Trump, because it wasn't just, I'm going to fat my coffers and get my kids all rich. No, I'm going to make opportunity, because he created opportunity to make money. Do you think
0: he was right to send the National Guard into Portland when he did?
1: Um, I I never, you know, I really don't know, because I never felt the National Guard's effects. I came to the protest, and I never seen them do anything. Like, Was that them, or was that the police?
0: Yeah, it's hard to know.
1: And so, but... If that's what it dictated, yeah, no problem. I have no problem. Do you problem. think
0: he was right to call attention to the violence that was occurring in Portland and and declare that it that it needed to stop and broker a deal with Kate Brown and Ted Wheeler to stop?
1: Well, that was a political play, right? And the violence did need to stop because. So you
0: agree with him on that? The
1: piece. violence needs to stop because it was misplaced violence. Was these, I agree. It was not these home, these business owners down in downtown. It wasn't the police it department. Wasn't yeah, it, it wasn't Kassab Jewelers. It wasn't them. First
0: Republic Bank. It, it wasn't was, yeah. Starbucks. Yes. So there there was a even
1: though they are have been you know they are beneficiaries those big names of the stuff that's been going on systemically in America, right? Like these big old names of Nordstroms. and. And Walmart, all these big names that got this old guard money.
0: But my guess is you would say it doesn't justify like we're not gonna fix anything by throwing a rock through Nordstrom. No, we window. need to
1: identify that. Like that, that it's other ways so, like breaking into there ain't gonna do nothing. But if if they did receive that long slave lever money and they got an opportunity to give back, they done made the millions, then if you could trace some of their people back, they still get some of that money. Right? If they work for you guys and you guys are from the 19s, whatevers, and y'all both billionaires, and you could trace who your people was that worked for y'all that built y'all coffers up. You're talking about like, it.
0: like in the form of reparations. Yeah,
1: well, just you know, I guess reparations is a is the I guess the right word for it. But it's been a lot of free labor, so that's why they tore up some. Tell of these, me about
0: that when well, you say it's just
1: labor, it's just free labor, right? And even in prisons. So look what I did in prison. I'm a certified solar panel technician. I'm an expediter. Right, the dude had my job at Solar World. He made like a hundred some thousand dollars a year. I made my biggest check in prison was hundred and seventy some bucks. I worked thirty days straight, and I did two. I worked 60 hours. What most were of your days.
0: tasks?
1: So we made solar panels from the start, sale the little sale to sale. So I was an expediter. I gave every department enough material. You made
0: the product.
1: I, I run the product out. So I gave every, I gave, we made the product, the actual solar panel from scratch. Yeah. So I brought every department from the EVA. So you figured out the
0: technology and the engineering that went along with it. Did
1: apprenticeship, 4,000 hours. I'm a solar panel technician. So we made solar panels at Sheridan, Oregon. We made 500 a day, right? That's a lot of, that's a lot of solar panels. And my job was to give everybody the equipment and then at the end, be the final QA, and inspect all the solar panels. Are these
0: being made for the state, for the feds? For... Oh,
1: well, see, they opened up. All the stuff used to go straight to the federal system, right? All the stuff the prisons made used to go straight federal. But now they open it up where it could be public or I don't know where the stuff go. But I so know go a, somewhere.
0: Company, a company? We worked for Soneva. Oh, S-O-N-I-V-A? Yep, in, uh in
1: Georgia. Uh, Is that Georgia. a private company? It's a solar panel company in Georgia
0: and so the, how would the feds justify that they'd say well we've contracted with Cineva to put solar panels on our federal buildings to engage in like green energy a green energy a or project or something and we've uh, paid all this this money in in partnership with them and now i guess we'll use we get to that means we get to use prison Labor? I'm trying to understand how they justify that.
1: Well, they make everything in prison. They make all the Army stuff. They make the, they, I know they make that. the Humvees,
0: But I can furniture. trace all that directly to the feds. This yeah. is weird to me. The solar panels? Because, yeah, yeah, this is weird to me because you're telling me that you made solar panels.
1: From I, scratch.
0: I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to understand. So did the company sell, I wonder, did the company sell the materials to the feds? And then the you were like a contractor for the feds. That's what happened. Yeah, and then the feds hired you guys to put the stuff together, which probably cost a lot less Phenies. than buying it as as an f- entire yeah. product. And they would use your free labor to put the tiny pieces together, make a large product, and then they could put them put them wherever out. they want.
1: Yeah. That's, that's what it and was.
0: green energy initiatives or whatever.
1: And we made a lot of them. And I'm an expert at making solar panels. And
0: so you you would say what would you say you would say so do you find fault with Sineva? No, it
1: was a great strategy. Okay,
0: so forget Sineva for a minute. What tell me about when you say profiting off of? I guess I guess the only other word I can think of it is racism. Um, how how it's so, Another
1: form of slave labor. That's what I call yeah. it. Yeah. So really, how does
0: Nordstrom? What does Nordstrom tell me? What like Nordstrom has to apologize for?
1: So if Nordstrom specifically, right, that's just a a company. I'm not sure if they have or not. But if Nordstrom is from, if if Nordstrom is from the old guard that Nordstrom was back then when slavery was around, right? I'm talking about the people that you know. Yeah, I don't think so. It was some like. Well, I don't know if it was or not. But but it's it's some companies that were back then that are still around today, right? Their ancestors. I get
0: that, and I get that. That kind of so you're saying. You're saying there may be fault yeah. with private corporations to the extent that they profited off slave, slave labor, and I would agree with you. I would agree with you because they, it, it, just like in a marriage where the wife who didn't work gets a bunch of money in a in divorce for supporting the husband, yeah. right? Um, much maybe decades later, you, the argument is the money should be paid back to the community because this company profited off the labor, yeah. and that I get. But we don't know that about Nordstrom, and we don't know that about Starbucks. And so, how do we justify? You would say, I'm. I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Are you saying that that the violence against like Starbucks and and Nordstrom, unless you can trace it back to that, is probably not justified or connected to black lives?
1: Even you can't trace it back to that, right? The violence, in my mind. Was only justified to bring awareness, because it was this is a huge problem. Do you really problem. think it was
0: justified? Because
1: if it wasn't going to be no awareness. It was not going to be no awareness without it. The continued violence was the problem. When they jumped out there and started breaking the buildings and making that protest, that needed to happen because what we have been going through and still going through is not equal. We're not in a situation where equality is on the forefront. The American dream, the things that are the, we stand for. I got the American flag in my pocket right now why uh, so I walk around with it because I leave my thing because I want I want America to be how everybody think it is. Whereas yeah, you're
0: showing me a mask with an like American, American flag, flag on yeah. it. Yeah.
1: And so I wear that.
0: I I, I want to try to understand this. So mm. what would you say to the that there is an argument that I don't think is unpersuasive um that that kind of violence uh-huh stoked division and created further resentment towards black people as a community and certainly towards the Black Lives Matter movement?
1: Um I'm not really a Black Lives Matters guy. You're not. No, not even not even close. Um I believe that Black Lives Matter, but just not the movement of Black Lives okay. well, Matter. we're
0: aligned in that. I agree with yeah. I agree with all that stuff. How about this? What would you say to somebody who who said so my, I and I just want to clarify. Your argument is the violence was justified to bring awareness to what to proli- police brutality yeah, against the black community.
1: Police brutality was just a stoke of the systemic racism, right? Because it's bigger than police brutality. Like, more people have been over prosecuted than killed, right? And that, that's like the uh, the brutality is yeah, in and the that courtroom. brings us
0: back to the crime yeah, bill and the crack. the brutality
1: really is in the courtroom. The deaths are, makes us like, whoa, brutality. But like, I got 16, like 13, I was like 15. The police broke my sternum, right? I was just a little kid. And so we were experiencing so much brutality from the system. And so that violence was last at the system, right? And the police was the vehicle because a lot of people see them as a part of the old guard from when they started off as being slave catchers. Right, the police were slave catchers. They came up with the lottery, uh, loitering law, and all that stuff. A lot of they, a lot of people in my community, people that I know, see a lot of the police problems is because their inherent culture because of that. Now, if that's the, if, that, if that's the reason or not, I'm not sure. But I know that the system that they operate under, like so, a black man's a suspect, right? Even the news, like you just watch the news. Just the adjectives that are related to a black person. It can make a person a little more at, uh, fidgety, right? And especially the bias, a, a person's in, inherent bias is personally. If I see some black kids, I automatically see my son, my nephew, my uncles. They look like me. So I'm a little disalarmed, right? If I see some white kids, they don't really look like me. So I'm a little more hesitant. I don't even know how to relate to them. The same goes for the police department. They pull up on white kids. They see their nephew's kids, and most of the police are white. They see black kids, they don't see people who look like them. Now the adjectives start to lick in. Now he running. Now his pants are sagging down. Now it looks like he got something in his hand. They trying to make it home too. Right? He didn't want to just kill no? I can't, I don't think that they just intentionally want to kill somebody to get all the backlash that's gonna to happen to them. But to inherit that of their culture is almost if you're not a steady hand and you ain't been around a long time, it almost produces because if I jump out real fast with my phone, boom, you chasing Lionel Irving, Oh, uh, he saw somebody before. Watch out. Be careful. Now, here I am running, right? Now, I got my phone, probably trying to call my guy to get me. He going to think he going to try to make it home. And so that's why I say that it ain't the individual police's fault. It's the system and the culture that they're wrapped in. Even black officers have a problem, have problems in police departments because of the system.
0: But what would you say to somebody like the owners of Kassab Jewelers, let's say, who, who's there? That location here – or or how about this? Goldmark Jewelers, mm-hmm. which is in this building that we're sitting in right now, they're out of business. They, they they were in business since the 70s. They can't get insurance anymore. They're gone. His livelihood is over. It's finished. Yes, sir. Uh, so that whole section is gone. You, Is it true that if you were sitting across from him today, you would say – I'm sorry about your business, but this was necessary to bring awareness to systemic racism.
1: I would say I was sorry about your business, and then I would then I would definitely say that you are a, a casualty of circumstances because what happened needed to happen to bring awareness to this problem because this is an inherent American problem, and uh, then I would want to know what he was doing inside the system, right? Were you combating equality? Were you involved in in, in help building these same structures? Because we're really in a classism system. It's race is only for the small broke people that talk about black and white. The rich people are dealing with classes. So were you a part of the, the, the help the wheel turn? That you might have had it coming. I don't know if you did or not. But as humanity, we got to start so looking at the next So are you saying that
0: some of these businesses, like Kassab Jewelers, that had that were. Decimated or mercantile, that clothing store had it. May have had it coming.
1: Well, he may have been a part of the problem. I don't know if he was or not. Because part the, of
0: the problem in what way? A part of
1: feeding the system. See the system, but, the American system. But that isn't we it in, possible
0: that everybody's unwitting, including maybe even yourself, are that we're all unwittingly fe- feeding the system? Does that justify un- taking somebody's livelihood away? No, you
1: could be unwittingly selling, doing the system right. I'm pretty sure all of us are in some way, but were you a willing participant. Now, do I believe they should have robbed his children? No, I don't believe they should have did him like that. But I do know that you know what goes what around. What does a comes willing from.
0: participant in the system mean? Well,
1: so, were you investing in private prisons, right? Were you? It's just a lot of things that you know that is under the table for the people who got the money, the rich people that are dealing like on a level that I'm not even on, where they are you know capitalizing on people's struggles and traumas. What
0: if? What if? What if he wasn't? What if? I mean, he might far, not have been. I don't as far as I know, was there's or not. no. You, we, we don't.
1: Yeah, I don't know if he was or not. You and I sitting been.
0: here today have no evidence of this.
1: Yeah, I don't know if he was or not.
0: So let's as- yeah. let's not ascribe, like, No, motives. that's why I said I would ask them. So, okay, yeah. so let's um, let's just say uh, we, we don't have any evidence of that. No question. Is it still justifiable to to destroy his livelihood?
1: I don't think it was justifiable to destroy his livelihood, and it's sad it happened to him, but I do believe that the protests needed to happen across America. Because his but one livelihood,
0: the riots,
1: the riots, the protests, not whatever the protests. you call them, whatever you call them, riots, protests. But
0: you're not talking about a peaceful protest. You're yeah. saying a violent protest that destroyed people's livelihoods had to
1: happen. I believe so.
0: Wow, that's an yeah. inc- that's incendiary. Yeah, I believe so. that so. you and Trump differ on that. Uh-huh. You and Trump.
1: Differ. Yeah, yeah, no question. Because I don't know if Trump was in line with why it were happening. See, I know why they were happening. So I feel sorry for that brother that lost his business and his family, that generational wealth.
0: What about black businesses that were destroyed?
1: I feel sorry for them, too. But at at that point, most of the protesters, the very few of them were black. Like, I was down there, especially just in Portland. It was like, That's like young white very kids. Few of them were black. I was, I was in there. That's so they why just, I think it's yeah. it's
0: completely bizarre now, I was that talking anybody time. would be for destroying somebody, a black Person's small business in Everybody the name who, of racial equality, yeah, and especially happen, a so white person doing it.
1: And that—that—that's that, doesn't of, that
0: strike you as wrong?
1: It strikes me as backwards because I—I I, I wanted to see a lot of brothers down there and sisters down there standing with those guys, the peaceful protesters. So I'm with the peaceful protest, but I know why the violence had to happen because this situation needed attention. And now, from those from those violent protests. This is the most, in my mind, uh, uh, that the justice system has been under microscope. The way that we have been policed prior to this has completely un. Uh, I don't know if you can even imagine being policed the way our community being policed.
0: Oh, I'm. I'm. Sh- I know you you're know right.
1: Mean? It's like the police are not riding around as protectors in our community. So it's like they're predators, and so. We don't want that no more. We want to be served like the rest of the communities, right? And so I think that that's why it had to happen because it was such a huge problem. And it has been for such a so long of a time that a lot of that was lashing out. The Black Lives Matter movement was hijacked by a whole bunch of, a whole nother. Tell
0: me about that.
1: Well, the uh, was like ACAB or wherever they was?
0: The, the Antifa.
1: Yeah, I don't even know those guys. Right, but well,
0: they are mostly white. Yeah, is my but I talked
1: to a lot of them.
0: Oh, I bet. Right? Yeah, and
1: I would. Well, they were down
0: there every they night. They were
1: down there, right? I—I've been on the Killingsworth with them, and they're still down there. <laughs> are they still down there? Man, I, I, they're not down in the way they was, but um,
0: no, yeah, not the way they were. No. no, now they're at um in Northeast where the furry, yeah. you know about this, right? The sh- shooting. I mean, you yeah. would know about this, right? The the yeah, they call him the furry. The furry guy killed a.
1: Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, in Northeast, yeah. And so, and so they're
0: over there right now.
1: It became a problem. See, when they did it, the, the, it bring awareness. It's some dramatic need to happen for the awareness because the suffering those the people who suffered those losses. I feel sorry for them, but it doesn't even compare to the suffering that this this that was spotlighting. This spotlight need to happen because it's the criminal justice. And you don't system, think there
0: was any other way to do it.
1: When? You We've don't think there around. was any
0: nonviolent way to do it?
1: They've never once, since I've been live, have I ever heard somebody say about over prosecution? Uh, just, it just, it just. Uh, but isn't
0: it possible that that's just a coincidence? That it, that it, had you not had the violent element, you would still have discussions of over prosecution because you'd have a hundred and some days of peaceful protests of thousands and thousands and thousands of people marching peacefully. I feel more division. What do you say to somebody who says I, I owned I owned a, a store and I lost it and I lost my livelihood completely. I have no ability to support my family. I'm older. Um, I I don't have any money and I I'm probably not going to get a job because I'm I'm an older person. And I've I, I have some anger toward a, people black or white who would say that that was justified and, I feel a lot less solidarity with black people and I it's it's more difficult for me to feel some sympathy for that group. What would you say to that person?
1: Well, for one, I would definitely tell him that I, I definitely feel his pain, right? And I uh, empathize with him because the pain you're feeling, I have been feeling my entire life. So I definitely empathize with you. I didn't want them to destroy your stuff, but now that it happened, pick yourself. But you did, up. right? Because no, you're brother. saying
0: it was necessary. Well,
1: I, I believe it was necessary, but I believe so.
0: You did want that, no?
1: In the I, I definitely did in the beginning. Okay, when they but were we doing have it, to
0: acknowledge that. No,
1: no, I wanted them when they were doing it. I didn't. I didn't say go down there and destroy stuff. No, I understand, no, and I'm but not when trying they were to implicate doing it, you in a crime. No, no,
0: you're. But I just want. I agree with it. Yeah, it, there.
1: Yeah, I you. agree with it. when they were doing it. I agreed with it until we had the attention. That's when I didn't agree with it no more, because we needed to get the attention. Now, okay. So how
0: long should that have gone? How long should violent protests have gone
1: on? Oh, I don't know how long it should have gone on, but I know it went on too long. Right. When
0: would you have stopped
1: it? Uh, that's hard to say. That's hard to say. I don't know when I would have stopped it, but uh, I was preaching for it to stop my first day I went down there. When right. was that? Uh, I don't know, it was it was very early on the protest. How many
0: how many weeks, days in? Was it weeks in, days? No, in? I was
1: down there in days easily because uh this is the first time I ever seen white people who cared. Only reason I went down there, because all my life I've always been every time I deal with somebody who was white, it was a uh, uh it was unfavorable consequences, right? I've never been in a situation where somebody who didn't look like me it was uh, favorable because of where I grew That's up That's
0: so at. weird to me because of Portland, because Portland's mostly I grew white. Up at.
1: I grew up in Northeast Portland. I grew up, my parents was addicted to drugs. Are you
0: saying it was gentrifying? So are you saying you didn't have contact with the white community because your neighborhood was gentrifying when no. you were in prison? No,
1: I didn't have contact with them. only contact I had with them were either policemen, right, lawyers, DSSH, uh, judges, because of the circumstances that I was in. So I never was able to receive no favorable treatment. So I didn't. I wasn't a kid that went to school and had good teachers. That oh, Mr. Chuck, you cool? You know what I mean? And so, I, and then my family structure with the police killing Ricky. They jacked us for Vanport. Don't trust them. They fed the stereotype into me.
0: But since gentrification, had you grown up in a black neighborhood in Portland? I know most of them are, as you said, now in Gresham and elsewhere. But had you grown up in in even now, what what might be a predominantly black black neighborhood, you would necessarily well like you do now. I mean, you said you have you necessarily have contact with white people now.
1: I love them. Yeah, I, I, I mean, no you would have because it's just it's Portland, and there is
0: gentrification, right? Yep. And so you have to have contact with white people who aren't a cop, just because there are so goddamn many to. of them in Portland. I guess you don't. You don't I, really have to. I guess not. You
1: can see them, right? But having interaction with them is something different. Because I've seen, even growing up, I've seen white people. Because my family sold drugs. Like, you're right. In. Interaction yeah. is different. Yeah, So they So I've seen them buying drugs. Unless or, it's
0: a neighbor, na- you're right. Unless it's a neighbor, or, which is where gentrification would come in. But yeah. doesn't that, isn't there some resentment there? Because it's like, you shouldn't be here. Somebody from my community should be in your house.
1: Uh, I don't really know. I feel sad that a lot of people lost their house or sold their houses or not. But I just know that. Our kids now don't have to, like, my kids don't have to think that only people who look like you care for you, right? That we don't, I'm not, they don't have to have that stereotype because it's the system wants us to be separated. It ain't like the blacks and whites just want to be separated. No, the way it's set up is for us to be separated. They don't want us to be together and to have like-minded people that are just human racist instead of black and white. We are just on the same accord. We've got the same mission. We pushing down the same line. They don't want us too much opposed to the structure that's already been put in.
0: So um, let's talk about gradations of violence because there was there obviously there's a difference between looting Louis Vuitton and shooting a Patriot Prayer guy and killing him, right?
2: Yeah. Or there's yeah. a difference
0: between looting Louis Vuitton and setting fire to Wheeler's condo building. Yeah. Or there's a difference between uh, looting looting Starbucks and. Barricading the justice center and setting fire to the to to the justice center where they're processing inmates. Um, I mean, at that point, you're endangering not only the police, but you're you're endangering the inmates that are being processed in the basement, right?
1: Well, you so, shouldn't endanger nobody. Like nobody, you shouldn't a uh, uh, violence to the property. I, I don't think that this should be nobody should be like you shouldn't be trying to hurt nobody or kill nobody in the name of pushing the social movement
0: so you're saying the violence to so but they just got okay those guys were. but robbing. under that rubric they got lucky right because it's possible that somebody from the Kasab family could have been in that building when it was being when when they commercial were. munitions were being thrown and rocks were being thrown somebody could have gotten hit in the head really badly yeah, it
1: could have
0: i mean doesn't that concern you
1: well, you would happen. draw a
0: line there right
1: well I wouldn't want it to happen but one thing I, I I hate to say if if was a fifth we're going to deal with the things that happen and I wanted some dramatic to happen to bring awareness to this situation okay
0: but if your son let, I'm just thinking of like my kid right if my son is standing in front of Kassab jewelers and I had been telling him you know we need to engage i I know you didn't do this but I'm I'm putting myself in this situation hypothetically. We need. We, I think we need to engage a little a vi, vi, property destruction to bring awareness to a um, an injustice, a severe injustice. Um, and somebody comes walking up and says, you know what, um, here's the problem with that. There might be somebody in that building. This is a family-owned mm-hmm. business, and usually people like that are working late or... Um, They've got stuff to do after hours. Mm-hmm. You don't know that this building is unoccupied. No question. Let's not do, let's not engage let's, in let's violence. Let's not do that. Let's not engage in violence. Mm-hmm. Now, what would you say to the naysayer? Would you say, fuck you, I'm throwing I'm throwing this rock through the window because I need to bring attention to what's going on here?
1: If... Well, I wouldn't even be in that situation to be. I know, there. I know.
0: I'm. Yeah, totally so I don't really totally know. It's hard for me
1: to say, like the person who was committing the violence. But why
0: I can't get behind the violence. I when can't I get seen them doing it.
1: it, I understood. You understood. It, I understood what was happening. Now that I say go, 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 but there's but a difference no, between understand. I understand why they're doing it. Yes, and it was they needed to have the message need to be heard, right? Because really, like even it's still not even heard enough. It is really a problem in this country. Like it's a huge problem. It's a huge divide still, and we just now starting to talk about it. Like we don't, we, we couldn't even brush these subjects before. This is year two thousand twenty two. Well, no, we
0: talked about it. Went during Michael Brown when Obama was in office, and he sent the attorney general down to do an investigation.
1: Well, I, I mean, we
0: were definitely talking I'm about it. For,
1: but even then, right? That's like two thousand sixteen. Don't you think awareness 17? was
0: being certainly no. being brought to that issue?
1: No, the awareness to it's still even to this day. The awareness around isn't
0: that when Black Lives Matter started.
1: Yeah, I'm not really sure who Black Lives Matter really is or who started. Well, that. I'm not either,
0: but it d- yeah, definitely really it sure. definitely predated the Trump years.
1: Yeah, but even if it started then, the 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 awareness around the problem in this country is so vast. I mean, the unawareness is so vast. Like the knowledge of what's really going on, and it's really like a predatory environment, even like our kids.
0: But Listen you would this, argue
1: even our kids, right? They have to learn how to navigate their teacher, right? So he don't get in the way. My 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 kid, I tell him don't do it. But I came up in an environment where I, I I'm not really I might not even read or write that good, but my brain is strong, right? I know how to problem solve, so I can and I know how to make people like me. But I would have to dim my lights in environments if that were these people were supposed to be the ones that were supposed to help me shine and mold me and help me brighten me. And so we have we still suffering that well, our kids are having to be in situations where they have to be less of their self just so they can be move along. Even at the workforces, we still suffering the same things. It's just a different kind of uh, systemic it's just a different kind of racism. See, and
0: just like sitting down with you and talking to you, I don't know that you believe that that violence was justified. I don't know that you no, do No, just a dramatic
1: that. act. Something had to happen I agree. to bring awareness. A dramatic was act, a peaceful, but I don't know that it had to a be violent. Was a peaceful protest going to do it? I don't know. But I know that the awareness to this situation needed to be like, this is a but real problem. But you don't know
0: if it was the violence that brought that awareness to the situation. The protest
1: to me is what brought it. But the those violent, those were
0: mostly peaceful. The
1: violent acts.
0: Those were mostly they peaceful. were mostly people. The riots yeah. were the riots were being done by like white kids living in their parents' basement. But they put them that both had together. no connection to. They put
1: the riots and the protests together. So when you say riot did. or, or protest, to me, it's just all the same thing. I
0: guess I just want to be clear. Do you really believe that the property destruction was necessary to bring awareness? Couldn't we have just? Couldn't Couldn't we have just? drawn up because every night they were coming out engaging in that kind of garbage and don't don't you think that the awareness was there before 10 p.m no you don't think so
1: i just think that something dramatic had to happen to bring awareness. Did it
0: have to be violence whatever
1: it was i don't i don't believe peaceful protests would have do it because this problem it was so huge right this is like
0: Hundreds of days of peaceful protest. you don't think would have done
1: it. I don't believe so. I don't know. You see, I really don't know because they peaceful protest before.
0: But our not, people not
1: like that. Our people peaceful Not people for protest, hundreds and hundreds of nights. Well, they were shut down before that was happening. See, this happened to be a different shade of people. If you just imagine if all those guys was black out there running the buildings. Yeah, I just don't catching know. catching stuff on fire. but It would not be that. It would not be that. Trust me. It would be a whole So other you ball think game. the
0: white people engaging in criminality were necessary to bring attention to I think
1: it showed the disparity in the laws.
0: Yes. For sure.
1: Because if that was the other way around, it was it would not have went down but like I that. But I think
0: black people were too smart to be running well, out doing that. they're too scared to do that. That's right. They
1: know that it's going to be some they're not going to allow the trust That's me. right. They're scared to do that. That's right. You know what I mean? And well, so, and they're not
0: going to decimate their own town. They're not going to get their I own mean, a lot of these were of. black towns. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to decimate their no, own town. Not, not and so isn't it fucked up that a bunch of white kids set their town on fire?
1: And, and you know why I think a lot, of these, a lot of these community members, when they were doing it? Because they weren't black businesses. It was a few. But the more, like, if that's one thing that really is a problem in the black community. You go to any other community, that's like, hey, this is the Asian community. The Asians live here. There's Asian businesses there, right? You go to the white community, white white com- businesses there. All across the board. You go to the black community, there are not black businesses. So the community is not really invested in, like, burn that shit down. So what? That's not even ours. I mean, we just spending money with them. They just. Yeah, but the-
0: they weren't the ones yeah. actively burning it but down. But I'm saying, though,
1: that's why they weren't even after, like, don't burn it down. Because at the end of the day.
0: Don't you think some of them were, though? I mean, oh, don't you think some was. of them were like. This is my town. Someone Please would. don't yeah. burn it yep. and get the fuck out.
1: I'm one of them. I went up there and had a, did a did a, a news conference about that when they caught McKay on fire. But I know that there were people that said, "Hey, bro, that's not our business." Like you know what I mean? Because it's a classism, man. We second class citizens. A lot of people feel like that. They feel like second class citizens, and they don't have you know the uh, understanding that. You know, nowadays, you really can't push through that. You, it's going to be hard. You're still going to find barriers. But now, it ain't like how he was in the 80s and 70s. I you just think, think it's tricky. It
0: I get what you're saying. I, I'm stuck on this violence thing because I just, I am i don't, I, I don't think violence is, I, I don't think violence is justified it's never unless the it's, I, to me, yeah. to no,
1: me. I, I preach that. Violence is never the answer for me. I'm never going to engage in violent act
0: for you personally. For me but, but in this instance, you think it was as a whole. Yeah, I
1: understood it completely. You think
0: it was the answer for
1: the greater good. I understood. And that
0: concerns me.
1: I understood, sis, because I lived it. I just left from in the prison system with these brothers. Yes. I know what's going on. So these man, the lives have been decimated. Yes. You know, we don't have no fathers.
0: Yes. in our in our yes. Homes. Yes, I know. We don't got no black
1: teachers. We don't got no men. Like the men, our men are being, and so I understood what was going on. Like I understood Yeah, but
0: I understood too, but understand and support
1: are different. Yeah, I I had no problem with them, none at all, until it became a point, now it's a distraction. Now we got the attention, now it's a distraction because we don't need to do that no more. We just wanted to make sure you understand we're serious. Now, this is what needs to happen. That's what made me go down there and say, hey, stop burning these buildings down. Stop throwing by some police. And at that point, police. weren't you
0: mostly talking to white kids that were doing this?
1: I was talking to white kids, and I was telling black kids to come out there. Come out there and tell them what you want.
0: Yes, smart. Right?
1: That's what, that's what I was going out to do. Yes. This is how you helped me. That's I came right. up with a whole training. That's right. Off of it. I came up with a whole curriculum, the allied training, right? And I was, I was serving that as much as I could.
0: Susie's going to kill me if I don't. There's so many things I wanna I hope you come back. Cause there's so many things I want to talk to you about. But Susie's gonna I'm running out of time and I gotta pick up my kids and Susie's gonna kill me if I don't ask you some questions that she sent me. How can we help bring some joy and comfort to kids impacted by losing a family member to gun violence?
1: Oh man, that's a great question. And the one thing that I do for that is build relationships with those kids. They're not if they're not just coming around for christmases or birthdays or their family's dead day actually build relationships and be there to help support those kids be successful because now we know that those guys are on track to be another statistic because now they're gonna face the same traumas so we need to support them kids through mentoring through pro-social activities through social intelligence training emotional intelligence training right these kids need skills that don't wait for them to go to prison to get Right. Just imagine if somebody gave me a book when I was ten years old. Say, Elmo hey, can't read. Boom! I come from a, all my brothers and sisters are avid readers and writers. It's the same energy inside of me. I just my skills wasn't home. So I love books. Just imagine if I loved them at ten. How much would my vocabulary be? How will how broad would my thinking be? And what, what I wanted to be, my vision. So we need to engage those kids with long term investment.
0: But I love that answer. Uh, What about this question? Um, Apparently there was a, something occurred in the emergency room. You had a friend who was in trauma and in need of some tender care. And it sounds like that we have a disconnect or an issue with police who do not have trauma training.
1: Yeah. Tell me about that. Can you
0: tell us the story about the emergency room?
1: Well, so it it was actually at a shooting scene where his friend had just got killed, right? It was actually my friend's son had just died.
0: Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, a, a
1: lot of my friend's sons have died this, 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 this right around this time. A lot of my friend's sons are dying. Right, It's very sad.
0: It's uh, very sad. I'm
1: sad. Even I'm sad right now. I'm very. It's very sad, traumatizing.
0: It's a lot of pain to carry around. Yeah.
1: And then I go to the shooter house and to the person who got shot. So I get to get both sides of the trauma, right? It's so sad. And then most times they both families know each other, just a lot. But um, yeah, so he was having a, a manic. He was in a manic state. His friend just passed away. You know, he was you know making a lot of noise. How he gonna get some grenades and missile launchers and all that old good stuff? He gonna hurt somebody. And I just walked up to him like, bro, give me a hug. I'm like, come here, man. I see you. Right, and I was hugging him, and he was limp. He's like, no, nah, after that, he'm doing this, and I'm like, bro, like, family has some kids. He had two sons. like That's what you need to do. That's what you need to focus on. And he was like, man, fuck that. Mo, I ain't trying to think about that shit right now. And I was like, what? You ain't trying to fuck with your homeboy's kids? And he was like, no. I just ain't trying to think about that right now. And to me, that was the win. Because all we want to do is think. Because we was raised in a reactionary environment. Somebody hits you, you hit them back. What happens in here, you don't tell nobody. So even, a lot of stuff we do is on reaction. But I just wanted him to think. So, and then, to back, down the line, he is one of the thinkers. He, to this day, is messing with his partner's kids, right? But that moment, he wanted to be a retaliatory shooter. See, I did, that's what I did, a retaliatory shooting. So I know that's going to take you off the table. It's the most selfishest thing you can do.
0: So when you, the crime that, you committed that put you in prison. Killing somebody was that a retaliatory shooting? Retaliatory
1: shooting. They killed my cousin, and he uh, was somebody like a father to me. And I just wanted them. You know, we and I was raised in a reactionary group.
0: You fight back.
1: You well, retaliation is a must. It's
0: Where I, a must. we come
1: from, retaliation is a must in our neighborhood. So
0: there's no There there's yeah, no question in your yeah. mind.
1: Yeah, it's a must. There,
0: there was no other option in no. your mind.
1: And so, that's and are what you ready?
0: trying to teach these kids that there are other options? That's
1: my whole. That's my whole approach. You can choose to shoot somebody. That's your choice. But let it be a choice, not a reaction. Because there's a lot of other things you can do. You can you can go take care of your family's kids. You can you can be scared and get straight. You know what I mean? Get your life right. Wake up. There's a lot of things you can do. You can take a gun and go shoot somebody. You can talk your homeboys out of not shooting. There's so many things you can do, versus just going to shoot somebody. And so, this anything, it's all I always talk about having foresight. Like, know what other things you can do, and don't just be jumping to reaction, because that's how we were raised.
0: And we talked a little bit, uh, this is uh, jumping subjects for a minute, but we talked a little bit about the history of the Republican Party and your support for Trump. Do you identify as a Republican?
1: No, I'm independent. We need a whole other party. Like, we need another party, but well, I, I, I sway. I was Obama. You go back
0: and forth. I,
1: I like. I was with Obama when he was in there. You know what I mean? And then I was with. I liked the Trump when he was in there. I don't like Biden.
0: Who do you like right now? You want Trump uh, to run?
1: I, I wouldn't mind Trump to run, but I would like to see somebody else run. Another some more candidates.
0: Like who? Who do you like? Who? Uh, I don't know. Who would you put up there?
1: Man, I couldn't even. I, I couldn't even tell you, man. Put Michelle up there for real. I would love to see Well, I Michelle, think everybody right.
0: would love that. Yeah.
1: yeah. But if it, she, except
0: the wackadoos. But I, I, I can't think of a rational person who would not want Michelle Obama to run. I, yeah. I think she, I don't think she wants any part I'm of it. I'm scared
1: for her to run because if she runs and then she gets in there and she's like, does it like how Obama done it, then I would be, dis- You'd be trans- disappointed. With her. You'd be disappointed. You'd be disappointed. I'd rather just see the picture I got of her now.
0: Yeah. No, I get, get that. There, I feel that way about Biden. Yeah. I feel that way about Biden. I loved him as a vice president. Mm-hmm. I. Crime bill aside, busing aside, I thought he was a great vice president. I think he's a terrible president. Yeah, I voted for him, but I think he's a terrible president. I think I, I thought Trump was worse, but I I I agree with you about the things that Trump did right. I agree with you about all those things. Um, what do you say to um, people, including black scholars, who would say? Yes, black people are killed by the police, and the data is certainly that police are harder on black people, but there are more killings of blacks by blacks, and isn't that potentially a bigger problem?
1: Well, I would say that that goes for all races. Yes, that's true. This goes for every race. So, you know what I mean? That's just like a way to cover up the fact that it is is actual. The police are there to serve. They're there to protect. It's an entity. And and so when we start talking about blacks kill blacks, every race is like that. Intercommunity violence is up across the board. It just happened to be the black intercommunity violence is the use of a gun. If you look in the white family, it's domestic violence, intercommunity violence. The um, uh, Mexican population is drugs. And some of that kind of stuff. Well,
0: whites probably drugs too.
1: It might be a little drugs now with the homeless situation, but really domestic violence is up across the board. Yes,
0: yeah. And
1: in the native population, it is self violence, suicide.
0: Yep, alcohol. Yep. Yeah.
1: And so uh, I would tell them now. I would say domestic- I, I would say that that is like a way to cover up the fact that the people who are supposed to serve and protect are intentionally, if not intentionally, at least focused on one individual of group. So
0: you're saying yes, the but if we're looking at just the, the raw numbers, you could argue that inter-community violence is a bigger issue. But to you, police violence is a bigger issue because the police are the ones in power
1: the who they are have. supposed
0: to be there. to that, Right. And it, within the community, I mean, gangs shooting at each other, they're the same. They're on the same level. Police shooting at a, a civilian-
1: and our kids is a
0: completely different yeah. power play and
1: our kids shouldn't be scared of police like that's a problem when I see kids like oh, the police that's a problem like the police should be safety
0: what do you say to people who say what do you say to people who say um, the police are not out to kill black kids black kids are afraid of police because they grow up in a family where they're taught to be afraid of the police?
1: Um, I would say that that's a partial true statement because the families are trying to teach their kids how to navigate the police system so they don't become, get in more trouble or get killed. And so that's a conversation that I think a lot of black families have to have about the police that is completely different from a lot of other races.
0: And, and what would you say to people who would say, what what instead of teaching kids to be scared of the police, Teach kids to comply.
1: Well, and they, they are teaching them to comply for those reasons. Like, comply with the police. And then these kids are growing up in the environment already. So, kids are very smart. So, they know why you're telling them to comply and don't move too fast. That already creates another set of anxiety, right? When you see, like, if you see another family, they say, You see the police, go to them. Tell them they need help. They're going to help you. Like, that's your saviors. Versus that say, If you see the police, why are we telling our kids how to comply to be arrested? You see what I'm saying? We're not saying go to the police for help. As you see the police, they're talking to you. I don't know. I them. tell the
0: teenagers. You feel me? Well, that's what I tell the teenage, the white <laughs> teenagers in my life. Yeah. I tell them to fucking comply.
1: Yeah, no question. <laughs> All day long, whatever they say. But and what we tell our kids now to make sure you remember their badge number, remember their name. But well, whatever sure. they say, do do call me. But uh, just the history of the police department in the community. It's hard to, you know, for kids, who's going to feel it. It's been too much bad history. So they're going to know, like, you're going to have so many bitter uncles and aunties that have grew up where the dolls and the water hoses. See, we're still in that era; where those people are still around. And so they're like, the police, don't call them over here for nothing. We'll have them you're,
0: t- you're, ta- you're You're saying that, that the you're talking about the Jim, the Crow, the Jim Crow era yeah, and the trauma, the, traumas. It's, the it's intergenerational. Still yeah,
1: it's still there. And so it's hard for, uh, for kids, even the black family, to like tell the kids to trust the police, like do what the police say, you know, or talk to them, because they got so much already trauma from past lives, that it's like we don't trust them. And then the way that they're still policing our community, like the police are like like riding around like T rexes, If it was if it was dinosaurs. They would be the big bad predators.
0: You already know this, but. Portland gun, I mean, as you know, Portland gun violence is exponentially increasing. It's worse than Seattle. It's worse than San Francisco. It's worse than bigger cities. Um, What are we doing wrong in Portland? And isn't it a confluence of not just, it might be a lot of stuff that you don't address, because isn't it a confluence of not just gang violence, which is of course real, but homeless violence, which is predominantly white men in tents.
1: Yep. And you got the, the uh, vigilante violence, right? The, uh, the, the COVID has created a whole nother, like social anxiety that people have where their problem-solving skills are there. It's just like you know, people are under a lot of stress. But what I would say, what the city needs to do and when this first started off is to work together. Right. to me, when they were saying what's the answer to gun violence, they had nobody at the table who shot somebody before, or was it, if you wanted to solve gun violence in the black community, they had no gun violence. Is that still true today? Even today, they still don't. It's still hard to get in the rooms and talk about the uh, give your experience on what could would help you not shoot somebody. So that's one of the main problems. Like a guy like myself, it's hard for like say the mayor or uh, somebody to want to come stand next to me because of my rap, my track record. I got. My, my record's longest train smoke. And I heard somebody before. So this uh, is, oh, let's go get Lionel. He knows what he's doing. But on the half chance that I don't got my mind right. Really? Yeah. say I, I just, don't
0: know why I find that hard to believe because I was so thrilled to sit. Ac- I mean, I'm not Wheeler. But oh, I was yeah. thrilled to sit across from you. I'm certainly not, like, working. I'm not doing criminal work anymore. I'm not in the trenches. And, and to the extent I see... I interact with criminals. It's usually as an as a as a sex offender, which is no good. Um, but I'm that just surprises me. Maybe I yeah. I don't know. So I'm not the, I'm not the norm. I and
1: I will say this. No, you are in the essence, but they don't want. So I've talked to many commissioners' assistants. I talked to plenty of the mayors' assistants.
0: But you're not talking to the real. You're not talking to the people in charge. They don't want to
1: be a. They don't know what if I go out today and make a mistake. Or not even a mistake, because what if I go out and make a bad choice? Because there ain't no mistakes. It's poor choices. What if I go out there and make a poor choice? now
0: Do you think that's what they think? That's why they, they want to talk to you?
1: They got political, I feel like they got political aspirations. I think
0: that's so fucked
1: up. It's all a political game. That's why you hear them say gun violence and gang violence. They're playing political games while we're writing obituaries. And so it's a, it's a huge problem. But the, our number one thing we need to do is work. The police have a role to play, right? The community has a role to play. The city has a role to
0: play. What would you say, what is your message to PPB?
1: Uh, my message to PPB is to uh, commun- uh, police in the attitude of servitude, right? And that everything is not always as it appears. And that uh, just, you know, go with the new directives. Because the pol- the PPB is changing. I'm on the FITCOCK for the Focus Intervention Team.
0: And for, for those of us who don't know that, what is that?
1: Well, the Focus Intervention Team... What is FIT? Focused Intervention Team, and they're focused on gun violence, right?
0: And that took over the original Gun Violence Reduction Team role. Well, no,
1: they didn't take over them. That team is disbanded.
0: I'm sorry, they're it's, not the same. It's a re revised. No, no, no. it's it's the new gun gun violence. It's the, gun violence it's the new gun violence task force. New
1: gun violence task force, and it's and com- you're part of it. I'm part of it. Yes, and before, well, so it
0: is changing.
1: Well, because I'm part of it. Right.
0: but you wouldn't have been part of it before right no
1: we talk about it all the time and I always tell them that this is groundbreaking
0: and so how did it change what what changed that put you on there
1: I believe that this stuff we're seeing now is an offspring of the protests right because the way the police policed us is no longer acceptable the, the all that the whole time they've been in, in inception the way that we've been policed it cannot happen no more and so that's why I'm on there To make sure that we are being intentional. Like the FITCOG, focused intervention team. So now, if I go shoot somebody, they're not gonna come arrest you too.
0: Do we have any, but our, our, I mean, what do you say to critics who say, well, it's obviously not working because gun violence is just going up?
1: Well, it just started, right? When did it start? It's been inception probably about two and a half months now, if that. It's pretty, January.
0: pretty, Pretty infancy.
1: It's pretty infancy. And they don't have the same. They're not operating as that previous task force operated, where they were just riding around pulling people over, you look like you got a gun. No, they are actually doing police work, investigation, intentional arrests. Not, oh, you ride with all those guys, we're going to arrest all those guys and hope one of them tell on you. See, that's how we got policed up until this point.
0: And then do you have goals or metrics that you're hoping to meet on this
1: yeah, well, one, one, one of my team. one of my main things is I, I like to bring to the table is when we do arrest somebody, somebody has to get arrested. Not when we when they arrest somebody, then what next? What are we gonna do with that person? What does his prison plan look like? What kind of resources are we gonna wrap around him to make sure he comes out a citizen? Right? Because too much of the police once they arrest you, then wash their hands. Then you go to prison. and Hope you come out right. No.
0: So you're working with the police currently as part of the fit team.
1: Yes, ma'am. And, I and work what?
0: In what capacity? Like, what's your role? Like well, on a on typical the, night.
1: Oh well. What we, are you doing? We, well, we meet every Thursday, and I'm on the uh, over, community oversight committee.
0: And what does that mean? And
1: so what we're doing is uh, what I'm doing there, because a few different ones. But my what I'm doing there, a lot of them are, we're all like minded is to ensure that the fit team is really being intentional in doing the police work to get to people who are shooting people, right? We wanted, If you're shooting somebody, then you're a danger. Then the police get you, that's their job. But we don't want you to, because the police know it's hard, it's so hard to prove a shooting. That's why they was casting dragnets, because it's not an easy case to prove. Now we're saying do the work, man. Do right, because
0: you need witnesses, and you need those witnesses you need to witness testify. witness
1: guns, you need a lot of stuff, bullet, you need a lot of you stuff to prove You need people who
0: are unafraid to testify. Yeah.
1: But but there is work to be done that you don't need witnesses because if you're shooting somebody, most likely you're breaking crimes in some other areas. So if you know that person shot somebody, then you need to so investigate you him. You might get him
0: on something else. You
1: might get him on something else. Get him off the streets. But versus coming and arresting the whole car because you know he shot somebody, and that we've been dealing with that since the inception of the police department, right? The group arrest, the group uh, dragnet, and so we don't. That's it's completely unacceptable. That's the truth. That's why the GRTV is no longer in existence because they really helped put a, which we knew, but they helped put a magnifying glass on how it was happening, right, so other people could see it.
0: Um, Lionel, what, what advice do you have for just your average Joe who's listening to this?
1: Um, I would say to be encouraged because there's more like-minded, loving people than there is negative people and to be a beacon of love and courage and and, and, and help. Because at this time, that's what we need. The COVID, along with the economic unrest and all this other stuff, people got so much trauma already and so much already stuff dragging them down. Be somebody's light. My mama used to tell me before I leave the house, smile. It improves your face value, right? And you might make somebody else smile. And so that's what I would just say. Don't be, don't let this beat you up. Don't become desensitized to it because you see a whole bunch of shootings. Hold our leaders, hold our leaders' feet to the fire so that they're making true changes and they're not just continue to do the same old thing. That's one of our biggest problems in the city of Portland. They keep keep doing the same old solutions. For the problem come up, oh we did the solution last time. Let's write this solution. No, we're in a whole new era. <clears throat> and we need new solutions.
0: Um, where can people find you? If they want to connect with you, how do they get <coughs> in touch with you?
1: Um, I got a Facebook, Love is Stronger. I got a, a website, Love is Stronger And
0: can they email you from the website if they're not on Facebook?
1: Yeah. Uh, Instagram, Bullet Free Weekend. Uh, yeah, man. It, it hit me up. My email is lionel.m. Irving at gmail.com.
0: And Irving is I R V I N G and Lionel is L I O N E L.
1: Hit me up, man, and uh, I'm just. And do you
0: welcome anybody asking questions? Yeah, I'm
1: with it all the way. Like any any way where we pushing for solutions. See, I don't get a lot into the this is. I talked a lot about systemic racism here, but we 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 so far we know those are, we know what happened. Right? These are the these are the symptoms these are the the symptoms of what happened. You're
0: saying you're focused on on what do we do today?
1: Solutions. It's all solution-based because we had a unique time where everything's under under the microscope. We get to reimagine the police department. We get to reimagine the justice system. We get to reimagine education. It's our responsibility to be in the fight, molding it, so now we can actually have a true country that everybody can be proud of.
0: It's so interesting because I'm starting to understand why you like Trump in the sense that Biden talks a lot about the past – When when he talks about racism, he talks a lot about the past. Mm -hmm. He doesn't talk about what's going to happen. He talks about he flogs himself as a sort of like a symbolic of the white race for past wrongs, which may or may not be necessary. But Trump never did that.
1: No, because we know
0: Trump was focused on what can I do today, who can I let out of prison?
1: Yeah, that's interesting, and And that's a
0: different approach.
1: Well, he was smart because, we know he's smart anyway, but the prison system is one of the, the prison and the school system is the two places where a lot of blacks are being predatorized at. It's a really big thing.
0: Tell me about the the school system. Well, the school
1: system, you have a kid, right? The teacher don't like him. And so the kid having some tough times. But the teacher make a, a transgression. They say, oh, he had a bad day today. He do another one. Oh, I don't know why he's tripping. It's never going his file, so this teacher could do it for thirty years, could keep getting the kids way, keep tripping kids up, and there's no file, no documentation of it. But this young kid right here, his, every time he gets sent in, there's going into his file, right? And we already know that the way that kids are, the black and white kids or any other kids are treated with the referral system in the classroom, all this stuff is all documented. It's like it's not even a secret. And so those are places that we need to see change at prison system for sure and the education system. They pa- I went to high school. I Where'd went you go to, to high school? I went to, I went to Jefferson High School. I went to P Y C. Right? I had like a third or fourth grade reading level. I should never made it past the fifth grade. I went to middle school at Whitaker. I got kicked out of school every year. I walked across the stage in the eighth grade. I never turned in one assignment. So it's a problem. This should have been a long red flag on this dude. I was one of those kids' preschool-to-prison pipeline. I was headed on there.
0: Blacks definitely um, bear the brunt of that uh, disproportionately. But I think Oregon, wouldn't you agree that Oregon has a problem with that just generally? I mean, we're one of the worst states for education in the country. We we graduate. We just push illiterate people, white and black, out the door 24-7. That's a sad thing.
1: A sad I thing. mean, it's
0: just push them through. I, I, I had a kid who couldn't read in the first grade. And I was like, "Hold her back. We gotta hold her back. There's something wrong with her." And they're like, "Push her through. We push her through. It's Portland Public Schools. Yeah, we push no her through. Push her through. Just push them through." Yeah,
1: that's a problem. So we just um, we just gotta be working together, man. And you know, violence is never the answer. I'm not a real violent person, but I do know that. But um, it
0: was the answer in that instant, in that
1: moment, because we were suffering, right? Dude, that that was that that right there was the voice of so See, much. See, I suffering. can't.
0: I I want to keep talking to you. I can't get on board with that. <coughs> I understand why no, you're saying fine. that, but when you say things like "violence is never the answer," I'm so with you. And then when I hear it had to be the answer in that moment, I go, I don't know, did it?
1: I understood. I don't know if it did or didn't, but the effect that it had. You th-
0: you think it did?
1: Because the effect that it had. Right, even me on the, even me. But maybe it had. Well, I know, because listen, We don't sis, know. I'm on the, I'm on the prosecutions, advisory board, right? I'm on there. It's like, that never would have happened But
0: before. couldn't you have been on there after a hundred and some nights of peaceful protests? I don't know, because
1: that's not what happened. But we don't, we know. don't know. We know, don't but know. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. But I know that. The and i like that, to
0: hope and think that you would be without the, Violence without the Justice Center know. being set on fire, without Daniel, what's his name from Patriot Prayer being killed. Yeah. I would like to think that you would be on there regardless. I would like to
1: think that too, but I know that they've been pre- protesting peacefully for a long time in this country.
0: Not like that.
1: Oh, that that not
0: night after that night. That
1: was something.
0: Not day after day.
1: That had a whole nother level. That was like we. That was like we experienced that like once in a lifetime. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was like something I still can't even process it. But
0: I think take the violence away and it's still powerful because we'd never had anything like that it, it even without been. the violence.
1: A hundred days straight would have been powerful.
0: Would have been, yeah. yeah.
1: It would have been. And I even think,
0: a week, even two weeks would have no,
1: been. They've been doing it for a long time, sis. They've been. But, protesting night for a night, long time. but
0: night after night, but night after night.
1: But we know, we don't know. But I do agree with you that it is sad for the people who had to suffer through that stuff. It's very well, sad. Well, and for I just them. think
0: it created division that that is misplaced. I, I don't want to hear people like that say things like, um, I, fuck this police brutality stuff. Like, I'm not, th- those people destroyed my business. They, I mean, I'd like to think that they can.
1: I feel like. They I know
0: that those conversations are happening and I don't yeah. like it.
1: But I, I don't like, like
0: that it's tied up with violence. I just don't like it.
1: I feel that. And I feel like the people who are like.
0: I want to untie it.
1: It, it, we, we wish we could, but it, they, they go hand in hand. And I feel like the people who would like, oh, I don't care about the police brutality; they tore my business up. They never cared about it anyway, right? So it was never even on their but radar. But doesn't
0: it sell more division?
1: They was never a part of it. Silence is violence. So if you were just turning a blind eye to it, to my, you were you were culpable to it. Silence is violence. If you, if I come out, if I walk out of here right now, and I see somebody accosting somebody, and I just walk past it. I might as well be just But what guilty. about
0: the idea, wouldn't you agree that we're more divided than ever right now? I don't think so. You don't?
1: No, I got, I don't, I don't. I okay, like tell me are, about that. I believe that uh, we are more together, like-minded people, right? Because I'm in some, I've, I've, I've met so many great white people. I have so many new white friends. Like, I've never had white friends before. Like, I never because well, really,
0: you're out and about in, the, in them, the community.
1: No. Yeah, I'm meeting them and we're like-minded. We don't see race no more. Now we're like, what are we like-minded about? It's
0: like in prison. It's yeah. like Lonnie.
1: Yeah, we have common. We have commonalities, right? I feel like there's more togetherness in That's fractions. Interesting.
0: That's interesting. Of the
1: black and white community, because that, we always talk about black and white, right? Black and white is like the biggest. So thing. your
0: personal experience is, I think, diametrically opposed to how people. View the country currently. I think most people view it as completely divided. But because of your personal experience, um, being out and about in the community, and because of the relationships that you're forming personally, you're not experiencing that at all. You're experiencing the opposite.
1: Yeah, we are coming together. We have, which
0: is really beautiful. We have
1: so many allies. Like I never knew that this many people. Well, of
0: course you do. Yeah, I mean, to me, so I'm just many. like, well, of course, any any yeah. reasonable person. Well,
1: people, I didn't know that. I'm 40. I, yeah. was, I was 38 when I learned that. Or 39. Yeah, and so I'm highlighting that now. Now we got, I got, I do this group called the Intercommunity Gathering, where it's a whole bunch of older white uh, men and women, and a whole bunch of brothers like myself with yeah. lived experience. And every month, once a month, we come together and have lunch. We we bounce ideas off each other. People are forming relationships outside the group.
0: Like neighborhood associations. This is a,
1: so I do a lot of stuff. This is actually with the Rotarian. Are you familiar with the Rotarians?
0: Is that Rotary? The Rotary. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so like all the Rotary Portland clubs. Are coming to lunch from the lunch. so
0: you're getting the ro- at like a rotary lunch. You're you would have a group of black youth show up and you would facilitate a conversation. Oh no! Oh, no. no.
1: so rotary. It's a rotary. Just like this, just happen to be rotary members. Oh, I see. Because from I got locked in with them, but there's a lot of rotary different groups. Yes, and guys like myself. Yes, with lived experience, people who don't even know white people care about them. Yes, we come together in a safe space. So the so these was, a lot of these are older white people. That don't they don't dislike nobody. They just never really had an opportunity to meet nobody black. Well, for sure not yeah. in Portland. Yeah, they never had an opportunity <laughs> to meet nobody black, right?
0: For sure not in Portland.
1: And then when they do, they don't know what the safe area is to They're engage scared. them. Yeah, so we they don't want to sp-
0: offend anybody. Yes,
1: yeah. so we create a safe space so I can learn your culture. You can learn my culture. What I find weird it is, you know, it's a lot of lip service. You see a lot yes. of black life it matter is signs. A lot. Yes, you do. But there's no action. That's right. Like when you like. We could we have such so many allies, right? But we have way more lip service allies.
0: Yes, yeah. That it's it was wrong.
1: Yeah. It's Let's put this sign on my house. I'm
0: gonna wear a shirt.
1: Yeah, and so that's cool because it keeps the the conversation going. But just imagine if you really was to go out there and engage some other brothers and sisters, or engage in the fight of some. I injustices. think they're afraid
0: to. I think the white liberals are afraid to do that.
1: Well, get if you. Go, I think
0: they're afraid to do that because they feel like it's paternalistic. And it's a white person going into your community; they wouldn't even know how to approach it.
1: I believe I know it, and uh, we deal with this all the time in our inner community gathering, and so that's why we do it. But, I think
0: that's great. You have yeah, to.
1: Yeah, and if you don't, if you don't want to engage nobody, start engaging the systems that are depressing, that are oppressing people. Like you have to be in the fight.
0: So would you agree? And this is what I say to people, like white colleagues who say things like. Um, I love Portland because it's so, it's so progressive in regard to race. And I'll usually say something like, "Yeah, it's really easy to be progressive when you've never inter- had to interact with somebody who looks different than you, or when you don't have contact mm-hmm. with anybody who looks different." Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I would. I would definitely agree with. It. But I do. I feel like they need a push, right? They I need. Agree. A, they need an opportunity. And so hopefully that they take the opportunity to come to one of these gatherings and meet some. Blacks, and how do we rice?
0: find out about these
1: gatherings? Like, uh, let's say
0: a listener wants to come to one of these, do they contact you? Do they follow your Facebook? Yes, page? they do.
1: Our next one is actually on April 9th.
0: Okay, right? where's that going to be? It's
1: going to be at um, the Soul Rejuvenation Center, I believe it is. It's on it's on fourteenth uh north killingsworth okay it's right off of killingsworth from williams okay right but um yeah just just t- tap in with me we are building this community up
0: and so you can reach out you can be part of this
1: no question and indeed. so get
0: in touch with lionel you can reach out you can be part of this you can be you can you can start engaging in the community and take those performative liberal values and put them to good use
1: yeah and know that you come into a safe space so if you got questions, you, don't have
0: to be scared. you can
1: ask them. Nobody's going to say, oh, you're racist for asking that. No, we're trying to get understanding. This, this is education. a safe space. Yes. And it goes both ways. Like, a lot of time, I sit and watch my friends, they listen to the white person's story. They're like, dang, that happened to you? Mm. Yeah, you've been through that? Yeah, me too, right? Because sometimes we could uh, fantasize about how the white life is, like all this white privilege and all this has never been hard for them. But no, that's not even the case, Right. It's been they had a, all
0: they have to do is take a tour they, through West Virginia they had, they had
1: <laughs> struggles right they have their own they have their own cultural traumas. Appalachia, yeah. yeah yeah and so once you start identifying that
0: white trash yeah
1: because yeah. we start like the woe was me we the only group that had all these cultural struggles and, and traumas no
0: all the white people in the tents
1: <laughs> yeah and so they start they start learning that it's just crazy this group is such awesome to me because it's such diverse It's old white guys, young white guys, old white ladies, young black guys, old black guys. It's diverse on all
0: levels, age, class, race, education level.
1: And one of my guys on there, he said, I love to say this, my guy Captain Ron, he says that I know I have privilege. I'm going to start off with you. I know I have privilege, but do not think I didn't work hard to get what I got. You know what I mean, I know that because I wouldn't, I hadn't been in the sun see, that would just long.
0: sounds offensive to it's me. It's the truth, It doesn't, though. it doesn't offend you? I love you?
1: it. No, I love that because he's saying, I know that the color of my skin allowed me to make some moves that your color might not allow you to make, but I still busted my ass. I see, I see. You know what I mean? And I love that because a lot of people would think that, oh, privilege. he didn't bust his ass to get there.
0: Things no, were handed to him. He do. still worked, yeah. too.
1: And so just to him not to say, hey, I know that I live in a white culture. And it probably helped me out along the line. But I did, you know, put that work in. And so my partners can respect that. And okay. say, yo, yeah, because we know that, you know, it's, it's classes and we know it's privilege involved. We know what's going on. You know what I mean? At least we know. We we identify that. Everybody might not agree with that, but we identify that. And he's saying, yeah, I identify that too. But I worked hard. And so that automatically debunks the stereotype that we had, not even me, but some other people might have had that, oh, just because you was white, you didn't work that hard. No, you worked hard,
0: too. What would you say to people who say, um, look, we understand that that uh, black there are more black people disproportionately killed by police, but more white people are killed by police just because there are more white people. So isn't this potentially a class issue as opposed to a race issue? What would you say to that?
1: I would say it has an element of both, right? It's, it's definitely a class issue. At the end of the day, classes don't got no color, right? You class, you black or white, you in this class, you in this class. But the the, the population of black people in America compared to the, one, the, compared to the population of white people, they can't help but to kill more white people because there's so many more yes. of them. Yes. I mean, like, 10, 20 times more. Yes. Right? Yes. And so the black the black population is so small. Yes. In America. Yes. They really get blunt, right? And half of them are in prison. So, like, the ones that are getting killed, it's like, these numbers shouldn't even be close because not enough of them. So it's happening too frequently to such a small group of people. But uh, it definitely is classism involved in that.
0: And I guess the argument along those lines would also go, um, potentially hey, the reason there are so many black people in prison, yes, it may be from systemic racism, um, but a lot of that is economic. It's economic circumstances. It's because black people are ghettoized. It's for all the same reasons that the, um, that m- most, most uh, black, police kill more white people, but the white people they're killing are the poor people and Black people are more likely to be economically depressed and poor?
1: Would well, you? we know that that's the that's just a fact in that America. That's how the country was structured, right? So Black people are gonna be economic, economically stressed, right? There's no question, but it still doesn't justify. Oh, I'm not saying you know, it justifies. Well, I'm just
0: wondering how you think economics plays. Well, economics plays all a
1: role in it because that's what we own. That's the dollar is king, right? And so that's what we're here. Everybody go to work, wake up. Even these guys running the streets. They run the streets to make money. They ain't running the streets to shoot nobody. That's just a circumstance of them trying to make some money. Now the trauma's involved. So definitely, you know, it, it, and I, would, I, I agree with, I will not agree. But I would definitely say that classism in America is just as huge of a problem as is racism. Right? But you
0: don't think that. What? Well, you said I would agree, but then you say no, I actually don't agree. No, I'm I, just trying to clarify. No, I'm saying I
1: don't agree because I, I, nobody said that. I'm just saying I make a statement. That, oh, that, so
0: you uh, do think? So you think classism and racism are run equally hand hand. Um, are are equally emergent issues that need our attention?
1: Yeah. Well, I think that racism needs the attention more than classism because a country, this country, has been made and created on racism. Which will create a classism system, right? In my mind. And so
0: Well then how do you account for like the poor white people? Well, they
1: just got a bad they got a bad law. They're humans, right? Everybody ain't finna be on. But it's just a fact that this is a fact. If you go into the courtroom with a different with a white skin, you're gonna get treated more favorably for if you go to a courtroom with black skin with the same charges, the same criminal history. And so that's a problem. We do, you don't, you know, you shouldn't be sentenced on your color, right? And so that's 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 bigger problem than classism because classes don't got no color. You poor, everybody poor getting shorter than the stick. Right? Everybody rich getting a big piece. So, but now, okay, rich and poor. Now two poor people go into a room, they're in the same class. Now it's all about what race you are.
0: What 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 if uh, what about the argument um, OJ got off? If you're rich enough, you you it doesn't matter what color skin you
1: have. Well, it's hard to prove it's hard to prove murder. A lot of people don't understand that OJ got off because murder is the hardest case to prove.
0: But also potentially because he had money.
1: Well, he, he I mean he had lawyer, Shapiro. He did the, the I mean the case. Dude, if you had to watch that case, the, the police did so many stupid they things. They did, yeah, they he did. He couldn't help but to get off. They ain't they ain't cut OJ no brakes. The police made some terrible moves. Yeah. So it wasn't like they fixed the system and let OJ off because he OJ. No, the police really stunk that one. No,
0: I and and maybe that's a bad example, but what would no you hear that
1: though? People use that. What would
0: you say to somebody who says, "Look, if you're rich enough, race won't play into it"?
1: It's not true. This is simply not true. If you're rich enough, you stand a better chance. But race is going to always be a factor in America. I mean, when is it, I, I haven't been in a situation where race, Not every form I ever filled out has always said what race you are. It always, race is a factor in every situation. Well, and oddly,
0: for some reason, it says that more than ever now.
1: Yeah, in every situation, it's like what race you are. I've marked the wrong race every time. I, I, I put other, I never, cause I don't like that. Like, why does that matter? What are your qualifications? What I did you do? I think they,
0: at least in Portland, every and they ask you that on literally everything, especially now post-George Floyd, and I think at least in Portland, they think, I mean, I don't know, but my guess is they're doing it because they want to address disparities in the black community.
1: Well, I don't know, because that, 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 that box has been on for a long time, but I do like the ideal of of addressing disparities, but it's just so, it's such bigger like, well, how would I see how I envision is as the community and, and not the city or the state of the police, but the change has to happen inside the community
0: first. And that's why you're engaged yeah. in the work that you're engaged yeah.
1: in. Then when the change in the community, you're
0: changing the community and
1: our kids get to see us interact. See, our next meet, we're bringing our kids. I'm so excited. I love that. Yeah. So our kids get to see us. Our young adults get to see us in their act. They yeah. get to say that it's not black and white. We're not because they're not different. We're not no different. Like literally, besides our culturally upbringings, we might have some different mannerisms, but at the end, of, we all are humans. We all derive from humanity. And so whoever's like-minded, if you got love in your heart, you pushing the love line, it don't matter what, what, what color you are. If you got the anger, you push in the hate line. It don't matter what color you are. You're going to be around people who vibrate in those things. You vibrate in hate, you're going to be around hate. You vibrate in love, you're going to be around love. And that, and that trumps all color. And so, I think
0: that's a great place for us to end it. So everybody, you want to get in touch with Lionel. He's easy to find. Lionel Irving, Love is Stronger, Inc. is your community yeah. organization is what it's called. Get in touch with him. Get on his Facebook page. Find him on Instagram. Feel free to send them an email. You can ask questions, come to an event, find out when the events are, and start getting involved. And uh, the sign on your lawn is great, but
1: get involved.
0: Get involved, and that's what really matters.
1: Thank you, sis.